Oh, that's right. I suppose I've showed up with um, with work attire as well. Let me slip into something a little more comfortable. <laughs> oh, much better. Is that like the full Japan like TMNT logo? Yes, that is the full Japan TMNT logo. It was hard to track this one down, but we've added it to the collection. Oh, that's damn. That's awesome. That's one of the greatest hats I've ever seen. So I, I'm uh, rip people on audio. Uh, sorry, you don't get to, to behold this fantastic imagery. Um, actually, like it, it like reminded me of how badly I want like anime war scrolls again for some reason. <laughs> Frank's in chat, gang. That means we're ready to get going here. I am the magical Mr. Mephisto, the most dangerous man in Age of Sigmar, joined tonight by the, the prolific, the man himself, the voice, the master of meme magic, Haywo Twitch. How's it going, Haywo? Yo, um, hello, I'm Haywo. I'm a famous YouTube content creator who makes content something like once a year. Trying to churn them out a little faster for you guys uh, during the shut-in. Right, right, right. And uh, tonight we're going to be talking a little bit about his like new project. We're also going to talk a lot about ogres because he's there's also kind of an ogre project going on that I'm full fully on board with. Gray Rocker with the resub, Guten Tag. Thank you so much. Thirty months of subscription. Thank you so much. That's longer than rank. Thirty months. That's almost a year. Nice. <laughs> almost a year almost one year yeah yeah that's about a year um so yeah uh i guess uh i'm gonna i i i, I guess i'm gonna kick it off real real quick like um the 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 uh the world rejoiced very recently when Haywo sort of had a like a brief hiatus um and then like suddenly we got like a video and then we got one and then we got two like a day later and then we got more video and like we're like Oh man! So you you've been doing a lot of work with what was once the uh, you know choosing your army you know first edition second edition like you you've had these videos for a while, uh, but now we have this like new yet even sweeter series. Yeah, about I mean, I suppose I intended on it being about once a year, but really it just kind of depended. But yeah, it's it's been about one one choose your army video per year. Um, that's mostly kept up with, oh, they came out with second edition. I suppose I'll need to come out with part, you know, version two. And now everyone has rules at last. At this moment, every army that exists basically has rules at last with Seraphon getting the last one. They waited a long time, although they got some pretty cool ones halfway through in GHB 17. Uh, or was it 18? It was it was right around to right when 2.0 first came out they had like the endless endless spells croak or not endless spells but the endless as in casting croak like you could just spam the board with these comets right like they got to do that and when you be Yeah, I I can't remember which GHB they got their double teleport rules in, but it was like a welcome upgrade like the their mechanics are amazing. It's it was, just their worst scrolls weren't that hot. I think it was 17. Um, which means, like, if your War Scrolls aren't so hot, but your mechanics are amazing, it means that, you know, your work is kind of cut out for you. Mm -hmm. You have a bunch of lines to victory, but it's on you to get there. Um, which means that no one ever played them and they lost all the time. But a few people, like, won big-time stuff with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we Because all the tools are there. It just, it, 
you basically just have to steal every win, which is kind of common, I suppose, for certain armies. Well, it, it, it's, it, what was weird about Seraphon, and, and I actually talk, just recently was talking about this on, on the, uh, the new series I started, which is uh, the Three Spheres series. Um, what's weird about them is that they felt like one of those armies that was the most uh, in control of playing the table whilst also having the biggest just drawback in any direct form of play whatsoever. You know, they had no hammers, they had no anvils, but they just had shenanigans. It was just S-tier shenanigans, the army, and then just, and then just like, D-tier everything else. Yeah, well, depending on which FAQ time period we're talking about, Ripperdactyls were kind of insane, although only once a game with the Blood Toad, but yeah, they had... They did have a hammer right. for a little while there. It got nerfed a little bit in different interactions, but it was still it was still pretty good. It could kill stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of switched over to the rock-throwing ones instead of the, yeah, the rookie pterodons. ones, but if you're going to have one good hammer, it might as well be, it might as well have flying, right? So I mean, like we've seen that just pay dividends for, you know, uh, kind of Beast of Chaos, which was thought to be a mediocre army even when you know a player took it to masters and won in england uh, i believe that was what dan the beast man um, yeah, it was with uh, Zinch, or what not Zinch, the, um chaos skyfire spam yeah or uh, not skyfire sorry enlightened on discs. yeah enlightened on discs we've seen the flying good hammer just truly carry armies though is the point um i guess while we're on the topic do you see that going do you see that being the case for seraphon going forward or I don't know. I haven't. Um, I haven't given the new Seraphon book enough of a once over because I'm doing this. So I'm doing a choose your army V3, which instead of being one gigantic video, I decided to put out a like an episode of it per faction, one so that it can actually come out sooner because it's starting to come out now instead of like you know a long time from now. And second, to give each faction enough room to breathe. Um, but, and because like one gigantic video is a little intimidating. A lot of people just only care about one faction or two factions, and so they just won't watch it. Well, but what it means is, uh, since I'm working on this thing, I'm able to delve into brand new stuff that's coming out less. And when I do Seraphon, suddenly I'll know everything about it. It's like when you're buying a computer suddenly you're an expert on every part of computers and then after you've bought a computer you're instantly behind and you don't know anything for four years <laughs> right so it's kind of like that yeah yeah i mean that's that's a really cool i mean that, that's a really cool prospect yeah, also, Frank bring, brings up a good point as well it's also easier to update when updates happen because every new army that comes out what am i going to do like re-upload a Instead of a two-hour video, it's a two-hour and seven-minute video with Lumineth now, and a two-hour and fourteen-minute video with whatever. I can just add videos to the playlist. Well, it, and it, then well, you can disperse all those videos between all the like, you know, um, Cinderfall Gaming stuff. So like, okay, the the IDK one can just get the IDK video, and so on and so forth. It's it's easier to to manage that. Oh, the mad lad Soren just showed up. Good evening, Soren. Uh, thanks for the thanks for the corgi biddies, the corgis, uh, the corbits. I don't know, man. Um, we, I, I um I think like I said earlier on, the whole internet rejoiced when when you started like releasing these videos. Um, but you also 
you really lay a case early for exactly kind of how you're going to be getting, you know, the player into it, the, you know, you, 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 you say like, you know, this is the propaganda section. You also have your own sort of like grades that you've set up. And these are, it's not a traditional like tier system because like tiers are, you could have a new tier system every month. You've actually kind of made like sort of like an evergreen grading system, I think. That... Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want them to be tiers or anything like tiers, and I took great pains to explain that in the video. Like the videos are pretty short, but I mostly carefully choose my words. So, like, you know, these grades are things that a new player, knowing nothing about the game, might care about excelling in, or might not care that he doesn't do well with that in this army. So, like. It, and it kind of feeds off psychographic profiles, but I don't mention them. I just, you know, based that upon, like, where I came up with this. So you get some new RPG, right? And it's, like, choose your class. And, like, well, I just, I want to, for a different type of person, people just have, because of their personality or their history or whatever, usually a go-to kind of thing to play and stuff like this like here's an rpg i want to play the big armory dude that's just invincible like i'm i don't want to worry about a mana bar mana's dumb because it means you have to stop and i never want to stop i just want to always be moving forward like the juggernaut and i'm huge and i have lots of hp and defense and stuff and i'll, I'll kill people eventually or you'll get the person who's like i want to do the most damage and i don't care about anything else i could have one hit point it doesn't matter i'll just get good enough to never get hit and if I die, it's because I screwed up. So, you know, I'll just outplay my low defense or whatever. Well, this uh, we had this, uh, not to interrupt you here, but we had the same conversation when you were getting into uh, World of Warcraft uh, back in the day. Because you there there was a there was a choice many of us like OG like MMO players had to make. Uh, it was you either went EverQuest two or you went World of Warcraft, right? Like that was the decision you made. EverQuest two came out a little bit before World of Warcraft, and so it was really like. Like how uh, antsy were you? But you're getting into World of Warcraft pretty pretty early on too. I mean, this is I don't think BWL uh, BWL was even out yet when you got into it. Um, it was you're like, like late. It was like late 2004, maybe yeah. early 2005. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. Like it was. It was just like it was like you you got your candy for EverQuest two, and then like as soon as WoW came out, you're like, okay, time to like go try this thing out. Um, I try this thing out. It was it's complicated. That's a whole different rant cast. But um, you you it had art direction. And EverQuest just didn't. EverQuest looked like it was designed in Poser by a machine that was told, like, make the most generic, boring 3D fantasy art possible. And when World of Warcraft came out, you looked at it and you're like, they paid artists to perform art to make this. That's what it looks like and that's what it sounds like. Well, it, I mean, that's, that's a, I mean, this is a worthy tangent. Having style makes up for a lot. You know, style... In the words of Bukowski, style is everything, right? Yeah. And at the time, people cared about stuff like graphics. Um, some things never change, I guess. But they cared a lot more back then. Mm -hmm. People actually looked up poly counts and stuff. And they're like, it's so low res and the graphics suck. And it's like, it doesn't matter if the graphics suck, if the art is good and the look and style is good. Yeah, they they made and that there's game. there's a huge difference between that. You have 2D games that still look good because the art is good and the style is good and it doesn't matter if seriously pick like an old final fantasy from like the 16-bit uh, era like they they still look good they're 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 interesting in terms of color palette and then when you go to that nice little 2d splash screen that original 
like the 2d hand drawn art is just right there in your face for the character portraits like they look i mean frank can back me up on this one just look at the the last few 2d fighters versus the earliest 3d fighters which both of which were kind of overlapping in the same era like street like, fighter tournament um or Al street fighter alpha right was coming out like look at street Tekken. fighter alpha and and look at virtual fighter like it's, it's no contest like it's the early 3d ones are gross right and the the 2d ones still hold up even to this day Tekken one was heinous. Yeah, Tekken one was heinous. Yeah, yeah, heinous, <laughs> heinous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, style. I I think style is also. I mean, you can look at like style as, as like a, a quality of choosing your army. You know, if you if you're looking at like armies in terms of play style, and you're like, okay, the I have two tank armies here, right? Um, we won't go into the minutia of like fire slayers versus like Osiric bone reapers because they do have different like play. But both are very tanky armies. If you're at the surface level, you're just like, I want to play a tank army, right? And you're like, like, do you like the style of dwarves? Or do you like being undead? You know, like that's a stylistic choice, essentially. You know, there's yeah, and aesthetics really are the great equalizer, and it makes making these videos a lot easier because it really does solve all your problems at a certain point. Is aesthetic, which is why I put the I put the um, audible. At the end of all the faction videos that I'm doing, I put it at the end of Cities of Sigmar, where I'm like, if this play style that I've described to you from this video sounds amazing, but you're just not about the retro model, you know, melting pot teamwork kind of aesthetic, mm -hmm. well, then consider Skaven because it's got a very similar play style, but a wildly different aesthetic. Mm -hmm. And so maybe you'll like that. Yeah, I think I think this is all worthy. But going back to the initial point that kind of got us on this this uh, you know the first uh, rabbit hole of the evening, take a drink, everybody who's playing the uh, rank cast drinking game. Uh, remember, those rules are obscure, but Brendan Melnick knows most of them. Uh, anytime I say Osiric Bone Reapers, apparently is one of them now. Uh, but but initially, the the lead I buried was uh, when you when you came to World of Warcraft. One of the first things you asked me is like, I don't want to manage mana. <laughs> like you're like, I don't want to. What classes don't don't have mana to manage? And, well, right, because like understand my my position was i just came off of like several years of everquest one and then a few months of everquest two and in everquest one if anyone played that you're looking at your spell book for a real amount of time like I, you run out of mana and you get meditate it's a book even once you get meditate the screen brings up your spell book that's all you can look at and in real time, you can sit there and not see the pixels move on your mana bar. And you're level 20. Like, I was done with it. I was, it was over. Like, I played a mage, and so I was high level, and I was all in, you know? And so I couldn't, I couldn't start over. But coming in the WoW, I'm just like, I'm done with this mana thing. Let's go. Yeah, I've, I've heard tell that you don't have mana. Like, what do we do? Um, yeah, yeah, I think, and, and, and you were kind of uh, talking about that around, like, the tank concept. So there's a very, I think I, I think the real takeaway, you know, we have the psychographic profiles from Magic the Gathering, and I think that you have, if you've played any sort of fantasy game, or even sci-fi game, if you've played any role-playing game, doesn't matter if it's tabletop, if it's a video game or, or not, you, you start to, like, 
develop an identity as a player. You, you like you know if you're a tank. Tanks know if they're tanks. Yeah, you, right? you gravitate towards roles yeah. for the most part. Yeah. I mean, there's exceptions, and sometimes you're like, you know, I think I'm going to do something different. And some people like to switch back and forth, and some people like this or that. But most people generally gravitate towards a play style. And I was actually just going to straight up put Johnny Timmy Spike. Um, probably not Fourth Host and Mel because those are so tied to like the hobby that they just it does itself. Mm-hmm. But or maybe it doesn't do itself because that's why I put the propaganda section in there. But anyway, I was just going to put the psychographic profiles in there and talk about them. Mm-hmm. But it's Age of Sigmar, so every single army is a Timmy army. That's a great And so it would just get repetitive. Like every time, like, all right, psychographic profiles, section five. This army's great for Timmy. And I could just copy and paste that recording of myself on every single army in the whole game. I mean, every army. And then I'm like, it depends on how you define Johnny, I guess. If you define Johnny Johnny. as like even so far as power pairs and stuff, then every army is almost every army is a Johnny army. It's just Mm -hmm. different degrees. And most armies, if played really well, can do really well. And so it's not like you want this faction because you're a spike. It's like you want this list because you're a spike. Well, And so I'm like, eh, you know, every army can be all of these. And every army is definitely a Timmy army in different ways, especially when you start getting into the nitty gritty of the definitions of those three roles. Mm-hmm. Like how, you know, Timmy Power Gamer has different things he can care about you know like for instance this is all how people like their fun and so some timmies like to have big numbers and some timmies like to do the most damage and some timmies are like i want to power game my you know defense or whatever and just be huge i mean you can old old phoenix guard like when you were on pure phoenix guard not the mixed order Phoenix uh, Phoenix builds. If you were pure Phoenix Guard back in the day, you know, when we still had GA armies rolling around, you were the Timmy of defense. You could have easily taken the Phoenixes, put them in mixed order, and played like a more spike army. If you stayed on Phoenix Guard as your battle line option, you were going you were going hard, Timmy, for defense. You're like, I never want to take a model off. And I, I think that like that's an interesting perspective is to like you can timmy certain things like it doesn't just mean the biggest the biggest model in age of sigmar sometimes it means yeah psychographic profiles are not the end point they're why you enjoy getting there or the the way in which you find fun to get to a certain place Mm. and so some people have fun because they're so much better than other people right and that's a spike but like a spike timmy finds fun in robbing someone else of fun and so that would be like the classic ganker, right? Mm-hmm. A, right, that's the rogue. MMO. That's the cold blood prep rogue from World of Warcraft. And as far as Johnny's, like you can go a few ways with it. There's like playstyle Johnny, and then there's list building Johnny. And so I might recommend, you know, Beasts of Chaos or Cities of Sigmar to a Johnny list builder, because you could make lists for those two factions literally forever. 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 And Beast of Chaos is five factions, well six now. Yeah. Because you, can, you could just take a battalion and use some other army, and now you're like, you're the list building is, you know, houses and houses. Yeah. Or it could be interactions on the table that you really like, in which case it would be different. Mm-hmm. Like, if your hero phase is over, 
after you got your command point for the turn, mm -hmm. then it's probably not a Johnny army, right? But maybe you had all this in interesting list building to get to that point, and Johnny is still having fun because even though he's not doing combos necessarily on the table, mm -hmm. he built the machine and that was his fun. And now he presses the button and, you know, combo machine goes burr. And that's, and so he's just seeing the fruit of his labor at that point. Well, there, there's, um, you, you kind of touched on this like list building Tim, uh, Johnny versus, uh, you know, like table Johnny. There's also like a, uh, like the theme Johnny when it comes to the models where you're like, you, you have something that you're like attached to. Right, like this this thing that you're just absolutely attached to, whether it's a like a model or a like a unit, and then you go super Johnny with trying to make the list around it or make it work on the table. Like I've seen some of that. Like that's that's where I I tend to land. Uh, I w I was talking to uh, Tyler uh, Emerson after one of the the recent episodes here at Rantcast, and I'm like I basically appeared Johnny. I said to him in like the conversation, he's like, you know what? I had guessed that. <laughs> like was what he said back to me. Is like I love I I love like list building kind of like upfront first and foremost. But what I like to do even more than that is to like is to create a puzzle for myself. Like, can I make this thing work? You know, like this model that I just love. Can I make Bulgors work? Right. And then usually you get it all the way to the table and you go, no. Well, a year ago you went like that. Now you go, you know what? I I've got a Bulgor list. How do I make Bulgors work? I run them as uh, brass to spoilers in corn, like actually maybe splash in a gore pilgrims battalion beside to drop. Let's go final destination. And like, like I, I see age of Sigmar has, and I think deck building's got a little bit in magic, the gathering, but age of Sigmar, because you have that third tier of the <laughs> hobby. Thank you. I think you, it just, it just all comes together in this like beautiful, just ballet of like the, the Timmy spike, Johnny of, Oh, hold on. With Sauron, we gotta... Oh! Hold on. Oh, right this way. Right, out of the way. VIP coming through. Yeah. Get these... Get the peasants out of the way. It seems your name is on the guest list. Uh, happy birthday. Right uh, this way. <laughs> so W. Sauron just donated $100. Happy birthday. Also get something for your new house. So I just dumped a ton of money on a fridge I didn't want to spend. Uh, I wanted... I told my... I'm like, I'm gonna buy the $150, like, fridge from the 80s. And she just like glared at me, because um, for me I'm like a very when it okay so like I will drop tons of money on my nerd stuff when it comes to like things that are just essential I'm like just get the thing that does the job, you know buy the fridge I don't I don't want my fridge to hook up to my fucking Wi-Fi okay I don't want it I uh, it's like yeah uh, so uh, I I'm, I'm gonna buy something for my house but it might pull double duty as like I don't know like some sort of like decoration. Like, some sort of, like, uh, if I had, like, five horses, like, statues to, like, decorate my room, you know, like, and they happen to be, like, skeleton-themed and, like, have a function of, like, whooping people's ass on the table in Age of Sigmar. Uh, yeah, I'm not buying anything for my house. I'm, buying, I'm totally buying Age of Sigmar. <laughs> I'm totally buying no, it's, it's the W. Soren fridge now. It's yeah. the Soren fridge. Yeah, it's the Soren fridge is what it is, right? We're gonna. I'm gonna put a magnet up there for it. Uh, <laughs> man, thank you so much. Like, you, uh, man, wow, I can't even. Um, wow, Th thanks, Soren. Um, oh, Razor Tree brings up something in chat. He. This is the first time he's heard of these categories. I've, I probably should have mentioned. So, like, they're Timmy, Johnny, and Spike. Um, they recently got duo gendered, so it's Timmy or Tammy, Johnny or Jenny, you know. And Spike is um, a neutral gender. Anyone can be Spike. Right. It's not a male. Um, and so Timmy is the power gamer. 
He likes big things, big effects, and flamboyant stuff. Uh, Johnny is the combo player. He likes combos and interactions. And Spike likes to win. End of sentence. <laughs> and so those are the three uh, psychographic profiles. Most people are percentages of each of them in some sort of graph. Um, it really depends. But those are the that's what we're talking about. Yes. And you were a warlock in WoW, Phoenix Guard in AOS, and now in AOS 2, your cities. Uh, it seems like you like a little bit of everything. You like to be able to do anything as long as you do it right. This is a Johnny Spike. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know how Spike it is, because I haven't seen his lists, but it sounds it sounds Johnny enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Phoenix Guard in AOS 2.0, now cities... Uh, Warlock and WoW is a Johnny is a Johnny class, unfortunately. And whether you were Spike or not depended on how much winning the class was in the rotation. So, if we're talking uh, to vanilla, it depends on how much hit you had. But we'll see if mm -hmm. depends on if you had Bloodvine. Yeah. Yeah. Hard. <laughs> Math is right. LOL. <laughs> depends on how willing you were to bribe your hero hero uh, healers. Oh yeah, for the. Uh, 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 life sacking, life tapping. Oh, your healers should be healing you anyway. That's their job. What you bribe your healers for is power infusion. Uh, and the mages have deep pockets. You're gonna have to bribe pretty hard to beat them out. So we'll see. Yeah, I, Razor Tree. We're not too dissimilar, by the way. Like I'm, I, I like to take a Johnny build and spike with it. Um, like I don't find fun, especially in Age of Sigmar, going full spike because first off, the rotation in this game has this weird paradox. Of, like, the best... If I told you right now that Beasts of Chaos are a fantastic meta pick, if I told you right now, and I believe that firmly, Joel McGrath is proving it... He's proved it in, like, the last two tournaments. He's taken this list 4-1, and one, and he's been in the running to win it all every one of those tournaments. We're talking comes down to the, comes down to the turn, and he ends up on a 4-1 and one instead of a 5 up. I mean, this is an army with a good pilot and a good list. You can take it. Four and one five zero. Oh. That's how I feel about Bisa Chaos. If I tell you right now, Bisa Chaos is a great meta army. By the time the average human buys, builds, and gets their like requisite sort of test pilot runs in with it to pilot it proficiently, know your buff ranges, understand the. Especially with Bisa Chaos, you have essentially a deployment chess phase that not everybody has. Um, to put that in perspective, like my Mortec Guard. I look at the battle plan, I know how I'm deploying before I even look at my opponent's list. I don't even care what you're doing, I'm going to deploy my way. Beast of Chaos, you're going to deploy to the battle plan and the opponent. So you've got that extra tier of thought that you have to put in that separates the good players from the bad players um, that some other armies don't have. Uh, if I tell you right now, though, Beast of Chaos are a great meta army, who the fuck knows what's going to happen once we come out of, like, out of, out of the Rona quarantine, okay? Like, I would be kind of lying to you unless you're already kind of bringing the heat. So there's this interesting, again, dynamic of Age of Sigmar when it comes to being the spike and being the meta chaser and stuff like that. And I don't like using the term meta chaser because it automatically has, like, a, a negative connotation. And I just, I just don't hold to that. If you love playing new stuff all the time, and that's the way you enjoy... Think about the people... We've talked a bunch about World of Warcraft. The people who just, like, have 40 tunes. You know? Like, there are people out there who just always want to play the new awesome thing. 
that's a type of fun. Lean into it. If you've got the time and, and that to put into it, keep going. Wow, Soren, popping off again. Five, uh, five more uh, gift subs, man. Thank you so much. Everyone enjoy yeah. your. Uh... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, and so like bringing that, bringing that around to the to the videos. So what I have to do is figure out why different people would like to have fun in different ways and then try to make a video that speaks to at least most of them, you know? So like here's W. Soren, for instance. Um, he's like, I don't really um, I just paint. associate with any of those quote unquote uh, play style psychographics, right? Well, there are two more and it's Melvin and Vorthos. And Melvin is a mechanics person. They like the idea of like the craft of design and development and how like you take an idea of a vampire and you figure out a game way <laughs> to show that that is a vampire in some way without needing to tell someone like that's that's the kind of thing that they would be really interested in. I'm definitely that like hugely. And then Vorthos is the flavor player. They care about art and the lore and they write stuff. They they're interested in oh who wrote the flavor text for this or this or you know even cosplay and stuff. Um, everyone's kind of a Vorthos because it's a tabletop war game that you paint. So it's it's almost like a given for the most part. Uh, the many armies, uh, the many gray hordes on in people's houses notwithstanding, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Heavy D6, thank you so much with the, the 50 bucks, you, you pure legend. Uh, you're also one of the Mortex of Meth, uh, so you also support me on, on Patreon, uh, as does um, Soren there, so... Uh, Double thanks, man. Um, I y'all y'all don't have to do this right now. You're you're interrupting Rantcast to hand me money and <laughs> making me feel uh, some kind of way. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, with the yeah, and and by the way, Spike doesn't have to be a meta chaser. Yeah, no, in he like, doesn't. In fact, Spike might not be. Like a lot of these psychographic profiles are less obvious than you think, and maybe. Uh, have a lot to do with why someone chose something rather than what they exactly chose. Mm -hmm. So, and I see this a whole lot, especially in Age of Sigmar, where most of the most of the spiky people in AOS choose some sort of faction first, and then they try to get the most out of it they can. And so it's like, um, so like a, a spike like that is the kind of person who hears that some faction isn't very good and they take it like as a challenge to themselves and they're like oh really well i'm gonna choose beast claw raiders when everyone says they're the worst in the whole game and i'm gonna beat people with them and i'm gonna figure out how and then they like min max everything and if they were min maxing to that to this degree with like a good army they would be oppressive but they chose a design restriction first uh, just to see like if they could do it or how high they could get to it. And so that's a type of spike that honestly, like most people wouldn't even be upset at, you know? Well, I mean, even with like the Beast of Chaos allegory a little bit earlier, like you could be a spike on Beast of Chaos right now. If you already had spike, if you already had your BOC on, on the shelf and you looked at, you know, Nurgle, uh, you know, Mortec Guard, a couple builds of Slaves to Darkness, the uh, KO even are kind of a high armor army. You've got uh, you've got Stormcast Eternal. Even though they're quote unquote a bad army, 
Uh, it doesn't help to have a free win against them because they're high army, uh, a, hard, a high armor. Like, if you looked at Beast of Chaos and went, you know, a year ago, we didn't have a use for all this extra, like, armor penetration. And now everyone's playing all the, like, four up, three up re-rollable save armies. You know, like, you, you, you just, like, a spike sees that and goes, I'm going to go on this, like, this hot, sick build to win it all, right? Like, you can, you can... You can go back to, to the shelf, to the vault, and, and pull up some of these, like, great things because you, you just want to win, right? It doesn't mean always chasing the meta. And that that's, a, yet again, why I think meta chasing is just, like, not a good take. You know, like, I just I just don't think it's a good take. On on, on Twitter, if you, you, you're bashing on, like, meta chasing as, like, a content creator, I, I think it's lazy. Um, people buy the new thing for tons of reasons. By the way, it's the new thing. Did you know people just want to own the new shit? Mephiston. Uh, I'm just going to buy that model. I don't even know what the fuck 40k is. It's it's a new sweet model. I want it. <laughs> like there's uh like there's no shame in 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 getting that sort of engagement and enjoyment off of the new thing. What do we got going on here? Yeah. And so and and so this is why you know everyone's like Spike just wants to win, but another way you can talk about these three is Timmy wants to experience something. Johnny wants to express something, and Spike wants to prove something. That's an interesting... Spike wants to prove something. Yeah. Can you elaborate at all? Like, I mean, I guess it's going to vary player to player, like, what they're trying to prove, right? Yeah, and, like, the most likely outcome, or uh, the... How should I put it? The stereotype is that Spike only cares about winning. But if you delve into the reasons why they the three types feel the way they do, it's because Spike wants to prove something. And whether it be to prove that he's the best pilot, and so he'll take the army everyone's winning with, you know, but then he'll be the person that's always getting the trophy. Mm-hmm. And he'll be like, he's the guy who got first place or top three in like three tournaments over the course of two months. And he sees all these people who picked up Slanesh and didn't know what they were doing and actually just lost. And he's like, you know, in my hands, the powerful stuff is the best. And that's what he wants to prove. But there could be a restraint, a different sort of spike who goes design restriction, where they're like, everyone says lead belchers are terrible. And I'm going to prove that they're good. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to make this list and I'm going to play perfectly and I'm going to prove everyone wrong, you know. When people say X, I'm going to prove oh, man. negative X. For whatever yeah. reason, this reminds me of, like, the Mono Red Burn Spike, who just, like, was out to prove... There was a specific player, uh, he was actually, uh, uh... No, he did the white... Yeah, the white Patrick one. Sullivan. Yeah. He wanted to prove that Burn was the best. So thoroughly. And successfully did. <laughs> for, like, one glorious year. Was just crushing people with Burn. And it was like... Like, no, Burn is the greatest thing ever. And he just was out... And he was a total spike about Burn. Like you, you might have on the surface level thought Timmy because Burn is kind of flashy. It's overt. It's a, it's a, you know, it's 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 an action movie of a deck. Um, to, uh, yeah, Burn is exciting, you know. But like but, the, your opponent's at three life, you see the beads of sweat, and you're like drawing your one card. Like is is it? Pa, got. Yeah. The person casts some big spell, they're gonna win, and then suddenly you're like. Okay, price of progress, fire blast. You know, you're dead from 14, like out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like that's an exciting finish to a game. You know, it creates hype, hype moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah, but like he, Patrick Sullivan was out to also prove that Byrne was the best. <laughs> no, you're Andrew. Yeah, with the no, I'm Patrick line. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think for the most part, psychographic profile is largely defined by the person because only they know their motivations behind what they eventually choose. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But then also, like, there's a little bit of other people can sometimes know more about you than you just from a different perspective. Like the the stereotypical, you know, husband, honey, what's my favorite color again? Blue. Oh, yeah, I love blue. You know, like, there's that. There's that kind of thing as well. Right. Right. Um, Doom and Darkness here. No, the lead belcher spike is wrong. <laughs> the lead belcher spike is wrong, but he's using a good principle. Mm-hmm. That, it, or rather, a, a good strategy that can work sometimes in Age of Sigmar. Which is... Go a million drops so that you always win deployment because they have to put down their good pieces first. And so you can perfectly counter their drop. And run in enough waves of MSU or close to MSU so that they're spending time killing stuff that sucks. Because everyone has the same amount of turns and time in a game that reaches a conclusion after five turns, right? And so if... They're witch elves. We're going to do 105 damage. It kind of doesn't matter if they were killing 10 wounds worth of guys or 104 wounds worth of guys because it's dead anyway. So you might as well have wasted their combat phase over killing something by 10,000%. And then keep like sending multiple waves of stuff in there and just trying to score points and stuff. And so that's, that is a strategy. Um, some people have used it. Chaos Dwarves use it a lot. I know Rob used it. Um, a lot of mixed order players from a few years ago were using it. Um, and I'm not just talking about the million two hunting hound spam thing, which was hilarious, but that was sort of like that used in the extreme. But it, it, it can be a good strategy. There there are many, you know. Real quick at addressing chat gang here. Simmer, uh, I'm sorry about Legions of Asgore, but KO as a downgrade from Legion of Asgore, you're not... Uh, you're You're... I like where your brain's at, um, because they've got the war machine, you know, tech, like techie vibe. What you need to do is you need to Legion of Asgore up your KO, and then you just get to live on both sides of the fence, and the gas, the grass is always green, man. Like KO, and then the good. KO have cooler hats. Yeah, KO have cooler hats. Uh, we've seen what what hats are are worth uh, very recently. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, oh, Tomb pun. Oh, go ahead. Tomb King Tristan. Tomb Dad, bring in the, the $50 donation. Uh, thank you so much, my friend. Uh, happy birthday, buddy. Uh, buy yourself something stupid. Oh, I'm gonna. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> something stupid, eh? Stupid like no, a No, no, we actually, we actually hit my uh, my chair donation. So, uh, Soren, your dream kind of comes true. Uh, you said buy something for the house. I will have a new chair in the new office at the new house. So, um and it's kind of stupid. To, it's not stupid to buy a chair, so I'm going to buy something stupid to go on the chair. Uh, I don't know what that nice. is. Nice. Back support is useful. Yeah, like, I a know lumbar, like a little lumbar pillow or something. Oh, we have a pun a pun alert. We can't forget this pun. Okay. Andrew Yells says, Joe, I found an ogre under my seat in my vehicle. It must have been there for almost a year. A true undergut. Well done. <laughs> I'm going to give it a 5 out of 7. Nice one. And he says that's why Pestilence were so good, because it was multiple waves, and even 20 like, can kill most stuff, and it doesn't matter if they die. Yeah, except Pest- Pestilence went a step farther, 
And they're like, hey, we could take the concept <laughs> of multiple small units of shit to just waste my opponent's time. And then they're like, what if those multiple small units of shit instead of lead belchers were good? And then you're like, oh, no. Now we have a good strategy and good units. And it became very good. So uh, Soren here popping off with a new tier 3 uh, channel emote, which is the best gore emote. <laughs> oh, yeah, with the face, yeah. And he's got the face and the trophy for number one. <laughs> um, yeah, um, is Sim Simgur, you like me because of my positivity. It, 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 it reads as positivity, but it's just passion. When it gets right down to it, um, I can be... Like, there are things I see that are wrong and stuff like that, but it, it's... It, 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 the game... Games are meant to be fun. At the very, very end of the day, games are meant to be fun. Uh, if I'm not having fun playing a game anymore, I'm just not going to play that game. And for what it's worth, I have a lot of fun in Age of Sigmar, regardless of what I'm playing, because number one, the community. I could be playing a friend's army that I've never played before, take it to a tournament, and have a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, even though I lean very competitive, you know, I'm probably... Like, I'm, you know, I, I'm certainly a Johnny, but I do have, like, spike tendencies where, because there's a win condition, I want to win the game. Uh, I just want to, like, usually win with my, like, expressive combo, right? Like, I want to win with my, I want to win my way. Um, not the game's way, per se. Um, yeah. Also, like, like, you can be critical, and you probably should be critical. Mm -hmm. Because when there's, when there's no criticism at all, when there should be some, you look like a complete you know um, yeah. yeah what's the yeah. word uh sh shill you know like you look like a complete shill and you lose all your respect yeah. but if you're only ever critical then you yeah. give somewhat of a mistaken impression of the landscape yeah. and that can be you know that can that can be hurtful as well or that can be harmful as well in a way yeah. and then also you kind of look like a downer wet blanket man and you know, when you're when you have shows or streams or anything like that, you know, a lot of people might summate your content under like one one idea that they see the most, you know, and you don't want to put yourself in that box for the most part, because then your critiques hit less and less hard every time because people oh, that's just a guy that's always mad or that's just the guy that complains about everything. And so you want to, you know, you want to make memes about how stupid the hats are. But then also you want to have, like, expressive propaganda in your AOS choosing an army for new yeah. players where you make everything sound I'm, awesome. I'm right so you want, you want left Longhorns. and you want right. I'm, I'm staring right at the Techless Longhorns reaction. Like, this is this is right at the, at the meme magic thing. If you came down hard and memed on everything that could be memed on, you know, like, your videos wouldn't be absolute home runs. You know, like, you could... You did, um, I think one of the, 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 the earliest sort of like most notorious or, or, or prolific videos you did, maybe not notorious, um, you did the, uh, the Stormcast one, right? Like. Yeah. And it, it's so old now that you need to explain the context of it, you know, but like. Yeah. The first version of Stormcast podcast was completely horrible mm -hmm. and super short, edited very awkwardly and was a glorified advertisement that was like seven minutes long and they just had like 12 second cuts where they kept saying welcome back every time they cut even though nothing changed and they were just like oh we'll interview this guy and they interview him for like one minute I'm like so what do you do oh i'm the map designer and i was walking past 
the door in the office and you needed someone to interview. So, hi, cool. So, um, you know, how do you make your maps? This is still how I get Rantcast guests, by the way. Uh, Continue. (laughs) You what? (laughs) This is still how I get Rantcast guests, by the way. It's just the person who was most recently talking to me on Twitter before I panicked and had to have a guest. Yeah. (laughs) And then they're like, so uh, how do you make the maps so awesome? Well, I get it in my head that what I need to do is make an awesome map. And then I make it awesome. And that's all the time we have. Thanks for joining us. It was like, it was that bad. And so I made a video making fun of it and I copied their background and like green screen myself in there with my buddy Finn. And then they shit can the whole thing. And I like to think that it was because of my video, although it definitely wasn't. Um, but uh, GW employees definitely saw that video. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm assured. But, but, but and, and then they came back with Stormcast podcast, a new version, and it's good. Yeah, it's amazing. So look at that. Positive change, right? Well, and here's the point I was trying to and make. And then when it came well, back and I watched it, I did a show on how, and I mentioned on my show more than once that the new version's awesome. And so here, like, that's the thing. Like, if it's bad, I'll make fun of it. And if it's good, I'll say it's good. And then people will think that I'm reasonable, right? Right. Right. And, and that's the thing is, it, it, I, I think the important thing is you're not, you didn't make, like, a follow-up Stormcast video beating that dead horse. You know, like... That's where like the rub between balancing the the hot take and the 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 actual criticism, and not just being a you know like actual critical thought I should say without being fully on just a critic constantly right like that you know the it sucks right like that's the old critic cartoon where he's just like and if everything just you default to that negative oh yeah the other critic yeah yeah it stinks <laughs> it stinks yeah like you, you know and nobody wants that when you it, i i i think there's a maybe there is a little bit of a schadenfreude when you just like want to like hate on something but games again should be fun we come to this game to be fun life is the boring shitty part like i don't want to come over here and watch just like yeah worst episode ever yeah, I mean, you can be the negative guy, and then people would just people would go to your channel and watch it when they're in the mood to when they see something and they're like, "That sucks," and I want someone's opinion to agree with me. They would go to that channel, but um, and that's fine, I guess. I'm just trying to like the persona I'm trying to give off with my content is like, here's a reasonable guy who thinks critically about stuff and gives his opinion on it, mm-hmm. and if it's dumb, he'll make fun of it, and if it's good, it's good, and if it's complicated. He'll have a two-hour episode discussing it instead of saying, well, you know, I don't have time to talk about it. And so, you know, I suppose it just depends on what your goals are, really. Yeah, we we just got to this. Got to go see you later. All right, later, Andrew. Um, No, like uh, uh, we ended up on this because someone called me like positive. And I'm like, "Eh, passion can be like I'm I'm passionate. I, I can go passionate either way. I just tend to focus on the positive because if I this passion you you catch on Rantcast goes just as hard for the negative stuff i just have to realize like when i'm focusing on the negative thing and then just shift off of it um see my rants about flamers not the rules the models uh by the way <laughs> like just at any point in time just go back through rad cast logs and anytime i've just like ma- been mad at flamers it's because like i take that like the thing i see negative about them is the model and i just like fucking tee off for an hour um and if you're the person who just like loves flamers um i'm sorry uh cool man like i get them too they're kind of like weird and squiggly but like they're not my thing and i just i find everything to be negative about so like i have to temper myself to to be this thing that you see on the internet because at some point i recognized that i say words and they have meaning and i don't ever want to 
negatively impact somebody who's just here to have fun. But on the other hand, if you want to just have a better perspective of the game, I still have to get that across. And that's like the great challenge is like uh, Dread Saurian. You know, I, I just did the cast. I, I saw its war scroll. I'm like, this is bad. And I just didn't even look at its wounds. Didn't even look at its wounds. Yeah. Or didn't even look at anything in the wheel. It's yeah. Like, oh, this is bad. This is bad. But, oh, it's 510 I mean, points for this? Bad. And I just like immediately well, jettisoned it from my brain. it was bad before, so at least there's no change. Immediately right? no jettisoned changes. <laughs> But then I saw, but then I immediately saw like Darren Watson and, and Anthony Polcastro and like a gentleman whose name I forget, uh, like he was the first one I saw actually post his like list and he had two Dredosaurians in the list and uh, it was two Dredosaurians and, uh, and Gotrick. And I was just like, this guy is living his best life. <laughs> like, how can I, when I, like, that's the thing is, like, I, I'd be like, oh, Dread Saurian sucks. Like, I don't, ew, it's the worst. And I could make a whole podcast about why Dread Saurian sucks, right? I could do, I could just do that. But then I see this guy's list, and I'm like, sucks is, an, uh, is suddenly a subjective term, because I just see a guy who's about to put two Dread Saurians and a Gotrick on the table and say your move, Yugi. Like, I... Yeah, well, like, <laughs> Lotan sucks, and I play him in IDK. Like, you can you can know that something sucks and still try to, you know, and still try to turn that coal into a diamond somehow, or yeah. at least use it optimally or find a way yeah. where it does something or, yeah, the Johnny. you know, whatever, or everyone could be wrong and it's actually great. And they were just jumping to conclusions. Yeah, like there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of possibilities, right? Like, well, he's get he's at 37 wounds instead of 35 or whatever it is. Or in, in, in Oh, that changes everything. That's right. Because <laughs> yeah, like he's got one extra attack. Yep, down the profile. Um, you just you just have to look beyond the star people. Like in Coalesce, he's actually sick. Like no, maybe I, that's the case. No, like it, and everyone's wrong. And and I, right. I and, and that's the thing is like I could I, I could actually be like wrong. You know, like the initial read that knee jerk. I think that's the important part of this whole thing is like you've got to have some temperance, which is I think an advantage that that your show Halo has versus mine because I say shit like I I regret you know three episodes later. But that's because you have like two shows a week. You gotta you gotta put out the opinions, hmm. and the whole point is that they're tongue in cheek hot takes, right? That's the whole. They are that's the thing. It's true. Like, true. that's the fun of it. Yes. And you let people know that that's the fun of it. You know. Yeah. If, if I had to do yeah. two shows a week, you know, it, I couldn't spend all this time researching and making sure this word is right or whatever. Like, you know, it's it's just different stuff. No, and, and that's the thing. Is like I, I could, I, I say pretty often I'm open to being wrong and prove me wrong type thing. Um, not just like at me if you disagree. No, like literally, like Rantcast exists because one of two things is going to happen when somebody when I have my opinion. You're going to argue your opinion better, and I'm going to have to change mine, or you're going to argue your opinion poorly, and I'm going to refine mine. Like there's, and I like being wrong is worse to me than being right. If that makes sense, like I, I would, or I'm sorry. I'm more, I, I hate being wrong more than I like being right. So I, I, I choose to change my opinions when they don't suit me anymore. And that's why I love having guests on. I love having a discourse. Um, you know, uh, one of the things I was going to lead into before we ended up on Dread Sorting was talking about your Techless Longhorns reaction video, which was just 30 seconds of not quite as good as Deadly as ever, by the way, which I think might be peak Halo. <laughs> <laughs> but it might be the best one because i got to do subtitles and that was fun yeah this one was just you know look at the top of his head you know oh no 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 you know, that yeah, guy yeah 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 
<laughs> the original video for that, by the way, is not funny at all. His laugh is amazing, but like the stuff he's laughing at is clearly like not funny at all. Yeah, but it's it's classic. So, but that's why you edited it really well and you put in the right like. Yeah, and he says, "Look at the top of his head," and I'm like, "Oh, that's perfect because they have the double hats, right?" Yeah, so, the double hats. Double hats. No, the I, King of Heretics says, "Do you predict that GW addresses all the backlash on the Moo Elves?" No. Yes, I do, but not in any meaningful way at all. For instance, you know, on Facebook. The official AOS Facebook thing, they have those like town scryer or town crier things where they release the scroll from Cities of Signar and it says some funny thing on it. Like, Skaven aren't real, report so-and-so to your local. Like, they'll probably do some meme like that in a few months where it's like, you know, um, be nice to be nice to your new elves and when you're talking to them, look at the second head, you know, or so like they'll just they'll do some little joke like that maybe on there. If, if, on their if, Facebook page, but I don't. I don't think they'll do anything else. If if I may, I I think they. It, it was clear they went into this army memeing on it. They they did not get the Ossiarch Bone Reapers release, and I I struggle to remember the IDK release, and I think that was slightly before their uh, marketing department. And I know there's jokes about that how they don't have a marketing department because it's just like really is just like all the small workers just figuring stuff out. Which is cool, awesome. I love feeling that there's like specific humans behind the the work, but um, the, the like Osiric Bone Reapers got lore videos. Even the Maw Tribes got their one RP lore video. They didn't just like meme on like, "Hey, we're going to Burger King, boys." You know, like they didn't do something like that. The every step of the release of Luminar uh, uh, Lumineth for videos has been a meme. There hasn't been a single serious video. They've had this this Lumina, Lumineth lowdown justifying stuff or explaining stuff to you, but they haven't had, they haven't gone in with like a the serious lore video because I think that they knew they were going to be contentious with it to begin with and they wanted to fall back on the sea we were memeing the whole time and then say, and then have like the ultimate like justification at the very, very end or the ultimate like saving grace at the very, very end is like, oh, well, you still have Tyrion and Malarian coming. Like, to just test the waters, be able to go, oh, see, we were joking. We've got this coming. And I hope uh, that, I guess it's a little tinfoil hatty, um, me trying to justify it. But, like, like I, I don't know if they, they, their hobby, whoever does their sculpts, um, I know it's a, a few people, it's a, it's a big team. Um, I like what they're doing. I'm sorry. I like that it's weird and it goes too far. Dude, the giant cow, like the, um, what's his name, cow ham, like, cow king mountain hammer or whatever. That thing, yeah, looks so sick. Yeah, it's awesome. That's that's like my that favorite awesome. model that they've made since Catacross. Yeah. Um, yeah. and probably for a lot before S that. Since, since it looks before. completely awesome. Same. And so my opinion on Lumineth is, I suppose, a little complicated, because I think the double helmet guys look. <laughs> Like, um, fucking love inexplicably them. horrible. Fucking right? love just them. Like, just like, <laughs> you, you couldn't have. I don't know how that got through a committee. And normally I don't like committees, but committees are supposed to stop this kind of thing from happening. Yeah. But then, like, Cow King Guy looks awesome. Yeah. And uh, Empty Suit of Armor Man Amazing. looks completely bad. There should be a whole army of them. I, I wish he was the whole army. Yeah. But yeah, whatever. Like, um, and so I like a whole lot of the stuff that Lumineth are doing. 
It's just like a few of the things are way too easy to make fun of. I it's 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 getting too easy to make fun of where I've just like stopped is is part of the reaction I've now had is like yeah I did the oh, initial look, somebody thing. making fun of the thing now and I'm just like it's such low hanging fruit it's like making COVID Nurgle joke jokes right now I'm like I did like I don't even care like stop. yeah um, well the the COVID Nur Nurgle jokes were like this is a really obvious joke I could make but it's so obvious that it's not funny and you know probably a little bit in poor taste so i just won't and then yeah. people did it anyway and i'm like yeah okay of course can we move on please yeah but no that, that's why lumineth realm lords are like persona yeah i like it a lot but it's very easy to make fun of and those two things can be true at the same time i i think and and lumineth is it's the twos and nines army dot army like it really it's this is the this is the rosewater um like twos and nines um i see for some people like the whole army has hit for some people i'm so happy for them because I remember yeah well they're, they're doing the twos and nines thing right like mark yeah. rosewater said like they're not interested in stuff that's seven out of ten across the board aesthetically mm -hmm. they're looking for twos and nines 50 50 mm -hmm. and so some people actually hate them but some people fall in love with them and that's a way better design strategy than sevens across the board, because then everyone likes it, but nobody falls in love with it. I, and that's I, worse, I, even I, though it seems like it seems like straight sevens is better than twos and nines, but it's not when people have to pick a faction. Mm -hmm. And so the people who love Rumineth, Lumineth, Realm Lords will actually love them and just play them. And the people who hate them will keep playing Corn or whatever the fuck, you know, whatever Army they're on, and yeah. that's yeah. the and that's fine. Ooh, like, oh, I'll just. I guess I'll just wait for the next army and see if I like that one. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess I feel less sympathetic to the people who, like, who who wanted Lumineth and then they came out and then they're not for them. And I'm like, like... Yeah, that sucks, man. Yeah, it sucks. Like, but, like, wait for the next hype train. Yeah. Like You know, the people who really, really, really just wanted, like, classic high elves, I feel the worst for. Because they're not unreasonable in wanting that. But it's so clear now that that's never going to happen. I don't. It's just off the table. the The train's left the station. And I'm about to make a bunch of enemies from a bunch of classic. Like high the elf high, players. the classic, the classic, classic high elf is just never happening. If, if this is if this is Teclis's army, like it's over. And the people who want classic high elves, um, like, it's too bad. If, but if it I, seems like that's just not happening. If I may. Literally head swap them. You've got your classic high elf army. Yeah, and another like, great I, thing so, about a hobby army, or this this hobby, I should say entirely, is if you don't like something, you can change it. That, that's I think eels. I think Morthargard eels look derpy and uh -huh. stupid. So I put them on stingrays, and they're surfing like in surf ninjas, uh -huh. and so now they're sweet. I thought the mawpot looked dumb, so I put it on a thunder tusk, <laughs> and now it looks sweet. And if you think the double helmet guys look dumb, well, then you can snip off the top helmet and fixed, you know? Yeah. No, oh, I, yeah, here's yeah. the, the primed yeah. version of my, yeah, my quote-unquote yeah. pot here. This is the pot here. I put, it, I put it up on screen for you. With, uh, with Frost King Potemkin lounging on his throne up there. And if you'll see the side of the pot that's chained to the Thunder Tusk, um, that would be Kairos's head that sees the future. Oh, yeah. So he knew this was coming. You know, this was coming right here. 
Um, no, I, I think with Lumineth, and, and I don't feel bad for people who wanted classic High Elves, because I feel like it's become an unrealistic expectation to want just the fan, the Warhammer Fantasy Battle thing again. Like at some yeah, point, or the tokens, or just basic token stuff. Like, like it, it, it just the, it, think about it. The dwarves that we got built for AOS specifically are like steampunk pirate uh, balloon dwarves. Like that's the dwarf. That's the dwarf of of Age of Sigmar. You know, and the classic high elf of Age of Sigmar are mountainous Zen bull worshiping elves. You know, like it, it's you're just not going to get vanilla race. It's, it's been done. I, I just, and they're, and then, and they're and, trying to go, they're trying to go fantasy, fantasy. Yeah. Again, I, I just, at some point it's like, when, when do you alter your expectations or when do you keep, keep wanting, hitting your head against the wall? Like, you know, when do you change? Well, they're making old world so you can have, you can Maybe, have classic high elves yeah, there. Cool. Like classic yeah. high elves there, but Age of Sigmar isn't the place for them. And again, Lumineth get really close. My biggest criticism of the first three models we saw, the, essentially the cavalry, the spearmen, and the archers, I'm like, they're just high elves again. Like, I looked at them, I'm like, these are, like, just elves again. I just, I d did nothing completely, completely ambivalent to them, personally. And then when I saw, like, the, uh, the, you know, mountain, mountain bull, like, mountain bull Chad, I was just like, okay, cool, they're finally doing something that pushes the needle. I don't care which way that needle goes, but at least it's not in the middle. I don't. And, and I, I, yeah, and if you want a classic, classic high elf looking stuff, take, well, not even that, take half Lumineth and half like Phoenix Guard and stuff. Boom, done. And you have a super Boom. classic looking armor. Done. So there is that. Yeah, just grab some Phoenix Temple boxes, uh, swap out some stuff, you'll be fine. And uh, I guess there's no... Uh, like immediate like analog for swapping out the uh, the avatar of the mountain thing but if you're swapping that out you're just wrong that model's amazing it looks so <laughs> sick i hope it's bases i hope it's huge, huge man i hope it's as big as possible yeah it kind of looks like it's on tree lord ancient base and that would make me sad because it's not as big as i want it to be uh i just i just hope it's really big that's my <laughs> that's my hope yeah yeah, and, and and again, I do want people to have their their to find their their love in this game, and I I think that you you either have or you will, you know, and then it's either about keeping the love alive or 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 uh you know being you know like true love wait or true love waits right that's the old uh, that's the old tune that Beck covered, um you. You'll find that thing that resonates with you, and there's got to be a challenge, I think, when you're a brand new player coming into Age of Sigmar as like the sensory overload, and you you're a veteran player at this point of many games. You've 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 competed pretty much at the highest levels in, in Magic: The Gathering. You were a progression raider in 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 WoW's heyday. I mean, you've done a lot of like strong stuff uh, at a sort of veteran level. Why why do you continue to come back to focusing on the sort of like you know? getting you know getting a new player in or helping a new player in why is that that kind of it's dank memes and helping out the new player and by the way fuck yeah ogres like those are like the three the three spheres of of of, of halo so as, as somebody who can absorb a lot of information really quickly and mostly retain it and i just like naturally like figuring out everything about stuff 
And if you're a really high level player, you probably acquire enough residual knowledge to be able to accidentally make a new player guide if you feel like it, mm -hmm. if you're decent at communicating. Mm -hmm. Because to be good at something at a high level, you kind of just have to know enough about it that you have the information on hand to be able to help someone if you care to. And so I found myself, because like my first video was, you know, competitive Magic the Gathering player tries AOS, has fun, you know, more at 11, right? And then I did like videos where I just talked about stuff and it was basically like me learning the game. And at a certain point, I'm like, I know way more about the game than most people do. And I haven't been doing this very long, but I'm just like naturally really absorptive with stuff like that, I guess. And I'm, I'm very much a, a Melvin on the psychographic profile where you are really interested in the concepts of design and how they show the different other aspects like of flavor and what the thing's supposed to be. And I just, I just like the nuts and bolts stuff. <clears throat> you know, I watch a movie and I think about where they're putting the lights and why they cut there and you know, so on and so forth. I just like that kind of stuff. And so I'm like, Hey, I know all this stuff. So, and I see a whole bunch of questions all the time that I'm able to answer. So maybe I should just take the stuff that I know and say it, you know? Well, there's also like a, a sort of like, a, what's the opposite of diminishing return? It's uh, like exponential growth. Yeah, exponential growth. Like when you well, not exponential, but just growth. I guess. Yeah, when you when you're good at when you're good at a thing that that falls on a certain sort of like, um, you know, algorithm or whatever. When you're good at like games, it's a lot easier to be good at other games, right? Yeah. 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 A lot. Of, a lot of the. Not necessarily skill at the game, but skilled at being skilled at games mm -hmm. can translate from one game to another very easily. Yeah. And if you're the kind of person who gets a new game of any sort, like board game, video game, you know, paper, paper and pencil game, if you're the kind of person who likes to poke at it, and you're just like, what if I do this? Like, okay, so here's this mechanic. What if I take that to this extreme? Or what if I take it to that extreme? Or what if I ignore that mechanic? You know, is this thing actually... Can I ignore this somehow by doing something else? If you're the kind of person who just likes to poke at stuff, uh, you tend to just find out... Basically, if you're Dr. House MD, you can you can solve all the diseases because you're just, the puzzle is what fascinates you. Yeah, or if you don't solve them, you know why you can't solve them. Right. Or you know better questions to ask or whatever. Like, you know, it's the classic... The more you know about something, the more you know that you don't know about it, and so on and so forth. Right. I mean, it, that, that's the the Neil deGrasse Tyson too. Is like knowing enough to know you don't know everything, is like a is like the next echelon of of understanding. Yeah, knowing what you don't know is sometimes hard to figure out. Yeah. But it's important too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and Razor Tree says here, and most importantly, to have fun while doing it. And this comes back to like the games thing, where it's just like. <laughs> We play games. At the end of the day, we're playing games, and I think there needs to be an, and the only expectation you should really have in a game is to have fun. You shouldn't expect to win. You shouldn't expect to get the thing that's made just for you. Um, <laughs> Sorry, you don't even. Know. Yeah, and also speaking of finding the fun, thank you. I, there was a bunch of there were a bunch of complaints. Well, there were a bunch of complaints and like things that were happening. 
uh, in games, I assume, because I was reading about this on like, you know, various places in the internet, Facebook, you know, TGA forums when I used to go there, stuff like that, where it's like persons complaining that there's a that guy competitive person who smashed them or whatever. And I'm like, this was easily solved. And it seems like to me as an outsider, it was easily solved. But for these people, like they fell into this problem. And so I could make a video and include a solution to this problem. And if I'm already doing content for new people, sometimes I can put all that stuff in there oh, yeah. and then we can avoid, then we can avoid these pitfalls like communicating like adults about what type of game you would like in a pickup game at your local, it, you know, you, you make it sound like simple. talking to a person, you, you make know? it sound mm -hmm. simple. You make it sound simple. And it kind of is as simple as that. But, but like it really, it, there is this, if you come over from a board game or magic, the gathering or a, heaven forbid, a video game, you plug in controller, push button, play the game. You don't, even with magic or or you know monopoly you set it up and you just go there the social aspect of age of sigmar i think goes understated sometimes that it, so much so that you 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 if you're not one of those people who actively thinks that this game is a social game you might not realize it and go oh wait i really just can say hey i'm trying to see if thunder tusks have any legs so i'm playing my do thunder tusks have legs list could you please not play your, you know, win on turn one bullshit, whatever. Yeah, or, or like I'm looking, I'm looking for a fun game. I brought my fun army. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Even even that, like, it goes a, goes a long way. Yeah, yeah, and, and 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 there are, you know, there are tabletop war games where it is just like, you know, you have to fucking smash, you know, like, and that's the that's like the community. Uh, that's the soup you're in. And it's like that in Magic, at least tournaments and stuff. Like, it's about fucking smashing people. Mm. It's not really about making friends. And um, that's why I put a big community thing in the in the intro to AOS thing, because I wanted to, like, let them know what kind of pool they're jumping into, mm. like how deep it is, what what's the water like. It's it's not cold, you know, and it's not it's not boiling, right? Like, you don't have to worry about that. But you do have to communicate. Yeah, I mean, this isn't the game you you play with your headphones on. You just you can't do it. <laughs> that the grinder guy meme. Whom, yeah. yeah, that yeah, you, that meme is very real, or at least when I was playing, it was the guy with a hoodie and earbuds in, listening to music, and the only interaction you would ever get from him is nodding when you passed in priority. And uh, good game. Mm -hmm. Like he mumbles into his chest as he's waiting patiently for you to sign your loss. You know. Yeah. And then go talk to his friends loudly. I just fucking crushed that guy. What an idiot. You know, like, yeah. and they're all just laughing. Like, that's not, that's not Age of Sigmar. That's very much not Age of Sigmar. I don't know that it will and that's, ever. And that's a good thing. I, I, there is, I think, a, a fear that, like, we might hit the magic grinder phase. Because we 40k is, like, just across, you know, just across I the aisle think from us. maybe all games get there eventually. Really? Like, that might be the trajectory eventually hmm. like that might that might be the case i don't think so. it, it might be that all games get there i don't think so and certain things push them there that are just kind of naturally or unnaturally occurring or whatever like that might be the case i'm not sure like how whenever you broaden you know whenever you broaden a community the toxicity increases you know 
yeah but like also, that kind of thing except with large wider net you're gonna get more you're gonna get more crabs right like yeah yeah exactly right? yeah no I mean, and after a certain amount of time it kind of becomes known things become solved or at least moderately so you have people that are doing really good and their ideals trickle down and then like even like average players who aren't good enough to really capitalize on the strats use them anyway and you know you have that sort of dynamic i I do think that the average player base increases in skill over the course of time with a game regardless i think that's just a given in any game um i mean we've actually got a terminology right now for what we call aos2 babies like we have people who just got into age of sigmar in 2.0 and you know like people like you and i and and then like let alone like the Vince Venturellas and the people who hear from day zero and the dark ages and stuff. But like you have these AOS 2, 2.0 babies that they don't remember, you know, old change host being good and old clown car and they don't Vanguard wing. Like they, they never experienced to see how polar those games truly were back in those times when like, yeah, a lot of start- people didn't know what I was talking about when I said change host is back and I'm sad. A lot of people were new enough that they're like, oh, what's what do you mean? They didn't get the reference. And I'm like, oh, I didn't think. Because a lot of times your idea of yourself doesn't age, and it should. And so I had this <laughs> concept in my head where I'm just like... With you there, hmm? too, bro. Oh, V-Wing, yeah. <laughs> I miss V-Wing, too, buddy. <laughs> Dude, as a Melvin, I loved that army. Yeah. Because it was doing things mechanically that were completely unintended. And it bro- it actually broke the game. And I thought that was awesome. I didn't think anyone should have to suffer playing against it, but it was awesome. Mm-hmm. But but no 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 like I, again the average skill base increases, but I, I but like we probably have if I if I had to just like rough estimate basically you know pull numbers out my ass like I bet you half the people playing right now didn't play didn't play a year and a half ago. You know, like I, I, this game has. Yeah, I, I don't know their numbers, but I, if you told me that, I probably wouldn't. You you wouldn't be surprised. Like I wouldn't disagree. It seems it seems reasonable. Uh-huh. All of their advertising is hyper focused on the most like the youngest, brand newest players for both of their games. Yeah. Like they're zeroed in on the young. Uh, person who walks into the store and their mom buys them something for Christmas impulse shoppers style. Like that's all their advertising is like going to the most, uh, uh, like ignorant person, not, no, not, not ignorant in a bad, in way. bad way, not in a bad they way. Just, just like, you don't know anything and you haven't really played many games and here's this, you know? If, if, and so because of that, yeah, it's, it's probably true that if, if somebody said like 50% of the players currently are new in the last year, like, okay, to, to, add, to, to add to that. I mean, the, that's the exact way I got into Age of Sigmar 2, or Warhammer Fantasy Battle back in the day, too. I saw my friend's models on the shelf, knew nothing about it, and then he's like, oh, let me take you on a journey. You know, it's just Age of yeah, Sigmar. Yeah, and they've gotten better at that. That's what they, they focused in on that. And I think that there's a cultural thing going on right now in the sort of, the, the great malady of humanity right now is like how disconnected we completely are. And here's this game that says, hey, do you want to put stuff on a table in a way that you can't replicate digitally? And a lot of people go, yeah. You know, like, I, I think... <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I've, seen, uh, I've seen Tabletop Simulator. You, you really can't replicate it digitally. They're, they're working on it, but you, you can't do or, it. Or fucking... Steve Herner brings up a good point about uh, Akon 
growing. Mm -hmm. Like Akon exploded after 2.0. And that's just people who are like going to a tournament and stuff. You know, think about the people who picked up the game but just don't have any concept of that. You know, 10, 20, 100 times more, certainly. Yeah. Uh, I just want to point out uh, a Potemkin here, though. How are you going to put this guy into Tabletop Simulator? <laughs> I don't know. I, I actually have never used uh, TTV. I just, I've just seen screenshots and stuff. The, 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 but the, look at that Look at that kingly <laughs> lean, that kingly lounge he has on, the, his, on his throne. I love that he's, he's got the Texas belt buckle, except it's like a Texas loincloth buckle going on here. Like it's the, and I, I gave him Stormcast pauldrons. I had to do a lot of stuff to get him in that position. Mm -hmm. But I think... I, I think I pulled it off. The, yeah, yeah. The, the, the like point it, is, the Thunder Tusk has a maw pot chained to its back, but uh, it's <laughs> it's struggling to carry its weight only because of him, not because of the maw pot. Yeah, like look at this this freaking. This isn't even like the the classic like uh, uh, like throne he's on. He has had a custom built throne for his his might. Um, no, th I mean, but this is what I'm talking about. Is like look at this model. I, I mean. I talk about, like, pimp, pimping your magic deck, right? Like, I have a f foreign cards, and I've got foils, and I've got full art, and I've got custom art. But that's really not me putting a huge onus on my deck at the end of the day. Yeah, there's a lot more of that in AOS. I'm, but yeah, Frank, I'm I'm sure they have, like, an import picture function on TTV, like, or TTS. It won't be the same, Frank. Right, just, but when you're, gov when you're, like, federally required to stay inside... It'll do. Like it's, it's it'll probably do. It, it'll do. You know, it'll but do for now it, in the interim. But it will only do in so much that like people who are already playing the game will will continue to play it as a stopgap. It's not going to grow. It's not going to if if you're if you're understanding. Yeah, I don't think it's going to become like a. Yeah, I don't think it's going to become like a like a thing where it's like, you know. Oh, don't bother playing AOS. Just go to Tabletop Simulator and pirate all the books. Like I don't, I don't think no, that's going to be happened. a. No. Like that's not going to be a thing and, and, because the game itself can't carry that. And and this really is like the game is fun. Don't the game is fun. Don't get me wrong, but the game itself can't carry that. It, it's because of the models. It's because of the hobby, and it's because of the people you're interacting with in real life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's not because of the game mechanics. There are games with. So I have, so I have no no fear of that. In Magic, it really is because of the game mechanics, and that's why Hearthstone and Magic Arena will probably someday eclipse Paper. Because the mechanics are perfectly preserved. Because the mechanics are the best part about it, you know. Not and it translates to digitally so well, but in this one, it's really a, it's really not the case. This is the point I was trying to make, though is I don't think Age of Sigmar will devolve to magic. Like, if, if it's a continuum that all games eventually hit to the magic point. That's why I took us on this little journey about Tabletop Simulator, and I brought Potemkin here. Uh, what's his full name? You, you've named uh, this. So, there are, in the hierarchy of, I suppose this is an ogre show, so I'm going to get into it. You know, <laughs> I hope everyone had their bathroom breaks. This is time for a story. Uh so in the hierarchy of Beast Claw, and as a subcategory of Maw Tribes, you have ogres that don't have a mount, the lowest of the low. Yeah, disgusting. And then it's like Mornfang Riders and Beast and uh, Beast Riders, 
and then it's house guards and house guards are in charge of stuff and then there's frost lords and frost lords are in charge of everybody right they're like the kings of their tribes well then there's frost kings and they talk about them in the lore but they don't have any models or anything and frost kings are like mythical titan level you know things that are barely described in the lore but ogres who have lived for like thousands of years and remember the age of myth and all this and so this guy is a frost king this is my my take on frost king and so he's frost king potemkin uh, and all of my ogres are uh, named after uh, fighting game characters for the most part or references to or and so, or like the or... and so, like the Murderhorn Frost Lord is Rao, who's riding Black King, because Fizz the North Star did have a, a fighting game or two. Rao. Oh, dude. and then Astaroth is riding the Crunchhorn on Ethereal, and you know all the rest. We got, you know, T Hawk and Goro and Earthquake and Abigail and all. There's oh, who's Goro? Uh, plenty of beast riders. Hmm? Who's Goro? Have I? I haven't dude, seen Goro yet. Well, uh, you have. You have forearms, right? <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> yeah, Goro, Goro from Mortal Kombat. Yeah, the uh, old, the old, old classic. Yeah, love it. No, no, uh, uh, just real quick. You, it, it could also be a reference to your your filmography, your actual like degree in in cinema. Uh, Battleship Potemkin, which is like one of those like, you know, cinema nerd. Yeah, Eisenstein. Yeah, yeah, one of those. Yeah, um, it's one of those. So, so it, I suppose it it perhaps doubles subconsciously because I wasn't even thinking about Eisenstein, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and I think this is this is one of the most significant parts of Age of Sigmar. This is one of those things that harkens back to, like, like people loving my positivity in chat. Um, Age of Sigmar does something that I think is is just next here is even if even an average hobbyist makes it their own in some way, whether it's the models you select. If you love Croxcore right now, and you just freaking love them, even though I think in Seraphon they're kind of like one of the losers of the book. You run a unit of Croxagore with your otherwise Johnny or Spike list. You've put your own spin on that, you know. Like you've you've really you've embraced this this quintessential part of yourself. Like me, just constantly wanting to run Nagash and Death stuff. And when I go over to my Beast of Chaos vacation home, it's just like all about being heavy metal and you know, like like we we find ways. I've talked to some of the most Spike players all things equal you go there's three best armies right now which one do you play and like what people might assume is the obvious spike answer is like oh the one that beats the other two right and then what i end up finding is like they end up playing the one that reminds them of when they first got into age of sigmar they're like well i used to, i played zinch when i first started playing so like i'm actually on zinch right now even though ko kind of run give them a run for their money so like I'm just well, yeah, that's the that's the Age of Sigmar answer. We have three here. Here's three armies that are the best army. Which one do you play? The AOS person, ninety nine percent of the time, says the one I like, the one that's the coolest, the one I think is the coolest. Mm -hmm. That's the decider. Mm -hmm. That's this. That's the decider when they have similar play styles. That's the decider when you're choosing between some army that's like S tier or A tier or whatever. It's just it's what. There's a certain degree of how cool you think it looks that has to be met. You have yes. to check that box. Threshold. And as long as you can check that box, there's other stuff you care about, but that one seems to be the one that always gets pulled to. It's the first thing. It's the first thing. 
what are the models every time even if you're not like the s tier hobbyist if you're not i mean if uh herner's been in chat here like i went to that event i went to holy havoc with with you actually like our, our first time i think i went there and i'm just like i walked in that room and i'm just like i need to step my hobby game up like, I just, yeah. you know, I'm every just like, every army in the room looked better I'm than just mine. Like, i'm just like i'm just like Huh, you know, like I lean back in the chair, and it wasn't even that like you need to be tactically the the best painter in the entire universe. It was just like look at the amount of person that they put into their own army. You know, look at the yeah. You just want to improve so that you can express yourself better with your yes. models. It's not about yes. being amazing at painting, and it's not about being the best painter. It's about having enough skill so that you can do what you want to do in your head. Like to carry through with your follow through with your plan, mm -hmm. you know, and then self improvement, you know, that whole thing as well. Well, I, I yeah, mean, the fucks they gave were tangible. Like this was the maximum fucks given I've ever seen in an event. <laughs> it was, it was like, dude had a printer in his in his in his room on site where he in between rounds went up and printed off like photos from from the from the fights. And then, like, wrote yeah, from on, the like, previous com band. Yeah, like, yeah, he wrote on, like, comic book text on them, and then he'd, like, display them on his board like it was a comic book. Like, like I will never win a narrative award there because that is the amount of of insanity going into this. But, like, the point yeah, was wasn't... Dumb. Yeah, Dom. The, the point wasn't... what it, well, The reaction wasn't, like, oh, my God, I need to win a hobby award. What happened was, like... I need to be able to set my army in this room and feel like I belong here when that's what's going on. You know, like, it was like, it's not even to win. It's to, like, it's it's that, like, that first threshold is yourself. For me and everything. This The thing that makes me good at competitions, the thing that makes me able to beat you in, in Street Fighter, Magic, The Gathering, like, whatever it is, is because my first threshold is myself. I have to beat myself, first and foremost. I can't... Yeah, myself the, down. The type of person who just wants you like to self improve. I know? yes, exactly. And and by the way, since Steve Herner is here, I was unfortunately I cut that part from the from the intro to choose your army because it was kind of like answering some negative thing, and I wanted to be proactive, but I'm going to include it later. Like there was this thing where I was talking about the difference between narrative and competitive, and how those two are not distinct. And I mentioned specifically Herner's tournaments in that in that point that I'm making. Like, whether your army or the tournament is narrative has no impact on how competitive it is. Those are two different categories, and they can overlap and they cannot. And anyone who thinks that, oh, my army's bad, so I'm going to say it's a narrative army, like that cop-out, you know, that, that complete... That complete cop out that basically shits on narrative players in a roundabout way that I don't like that a yeah. MWG does that I don't appreciate. Mm -hmm. Like I just I want the person who thinks that way to go to a Steve Herner event and get dunked on. <laughs> because even a reasonably competitive player, when they show up to Holy Havoc or Holy Wars their first year, they're gonna get dunked on. And it's not even gonna be from you their are, opponent. The table's gonna dunk on them. Yeah, you are you are not prepared for this. Well and, and that's that... and that's that was what I liked the most. It's my favorite tournament. Because everyone really is trying to win. And the competition is fierce, but they're trying to win in every way. 
and the table is even trying to win against you. <laughs> and so you're trying to you're trying to make your stuff look as cool as you imagine it to look. And then you have two opponents instead of one, the table and your opponent. Yeah, no, it's 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 my favorite event too, and I missed I missed Holy Wars unfortunately. It just uh, you know bought a house. We've talked about it already. Um, yeah, I couldn't go to Holy Wars. I got I got sick for a long time, and I stopped making videos. As people probably noticed, that there was two months there where <laughs> yeah, I didn't do anything. Just Mortal Kombat, Holy Hammer, Whore, Hearns wins <laughs> like it's just, like every time. No, but that's the thing is like you you go to this and you I I hate and I just just to to underline what you just said. I hate using narrative as a cop-out for, like, I, I hate using narrative and casual as these terms to, like, like just... Well, fight. they're not synonymous. That's yeah. the mistake people are making, is they they equate casual with narrative, mm -hmm. and that's not necessarily the case. You, you simply need more information. There's nothing casual. It's, it's like equating, casual. it's like a, equating burger with cheap. Yeah, like yes, it's it's often true that burgers are cheap, but I've been to Gordon Ramsay's burger joint in Las Vegas, and brother, some burgers ain't cheap. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. But, and and that's and that's that's just it. Is like you can't say a single person in that room was quote unquote casual because like are they casual with the amount of time they put into their damn army and their their printing of the comic book and. You know the evolving war. There's a we lot of work table. that goes into making armies. It's yeah. it's not necessarily a casual endeavor. Right. I mean, it could be. Yeah. But yeah, it's you... the production triangle then, right? Just like everything, the production triangle. You can do it fast, cheap, or good. Pick two. Mm -hmm. And so, if you can't work on it a huge amount of the time, and you can only work on it sparingly, well, then it's going to take you a long amount of time, calendar-wise. Mm -hmm. You can only work on it two or three hours a week, it's going to take you a year to build your army. And so even though you're casually working on it, you're casually working on it for a long time, like a year. So is that casual? You know, I don't yeah. know. Invested a year in it. I, I posit it's not, uh, you know, like and, and that's, that's the kind of stuff that I, I, I see in Age of Sigmar is you see these labors of love, uh, the army. And then there is a win condition, which, yeah, if you look across the table and you see that his 2,000-point army has six models and they're all Stonehorns, you know what he likes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you like this. You like Stonehorns, sir. Well, this is a labor of love for you. Okay. Well, like, I, I had this vision for my uh, for my Beast of Chaos going to, to Holy Havoc, and, like, I, it did not meet. I borrowed models. Like, I just, uh, I'm like... I need to bring it even more next time. And Osiric Bone Reapers came out. Uh, yeah, I've been pouring myself into making these guys look great. Unfortunately, I haven't done a bunch of conversions. And I know I'm going to get hit for that. Ah, drink. I said Osiric Bone Reapers. Damn it. Um, <laughs> uh, like, I, I, I'm like, I need to... Like, I don't have a Potemkin model right now. I, I, I need to... Like I need to, I need to like pour more of me into the army because I like the like default aesthetic, and I thought my color scheme was the interesting part. But like I need to go even further now. I know that. I know that. But yeah, the the delta for improvement on hobby is probably pretty interesting to look at as the to of events that really push. They don't push that rules wise or anything. It's not like a forced thing. Their tournaments are so small, like. 
you'll go if that's what you want to do, you know? And this, you know, the picture you can see behind Mephisto there, like, I'm, I'm going to be completing this army by next holy event and try to get into it, right? And so, you know, I'm perhaps some would say overdoing it on the conversions. <laughs> and I mean, that's a, that's a criticism. <laughs> but what really needs to improve is my painting. I'm I'm pretty good tactile and um, conversion wise because I just I've, I've always found that very interesting. I guess I don't know. I played Legos when I was five, and then that was that was it. You know, just yeah, all the way up. You're into but, it now. Yeah. But I got to improve my painting, you know. Yeah. And so we're going. So um, I mean, this is this is a great uh, natural segue. I think we've talked a lot about the um, you know, just sort of picking an army and and stuff like that. Conversion awards are not based on paint level. Ooh. Well, that makes sense. It's conversion, not painting, right? So, yeah. Fair, yeah. Enough. fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. And I, I well, heard... fuck getting better. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Damn it, I've been focusing on painting. Fuck. <laughs> um, getting better at painting, not converting. No. No, I, I got a lot of room to expand on, on painting, so I, I will be doing that just for my own yeah. uh, benefit. Because, I mean... If you make some amazing conversion and the painting sucks, that's a special kind of disappointment, isn't it? You know that feeling, mm -hmm. right? When you're like, man, these conversions are so good, but oh man, the painting is just holding it back. You don't want to, you don't want to make people feel like that, you know? Casual so. hitman, you might be waiting a little bit because uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ruin it a little bit, but um, he is. So there's a, a quest. If you go back to the seven hour episode of Rantcast. The only one that will ever be recorded. I know it's called Rantcast. It'll never happen again. Uh, unless you pay me tons of money. Down the line when I'm a total shill. But 7-Hour Rantcast will never be a thing again. I'm sorry. Uh, I'll do a New Year's episode again. But we're not going 7 hours. I'm sorry. Um, but if you listen to the 7-Hour episode. If you have that much. If you're that good of a Rantcast fan. Um, you'd have listened to it. And you'd have, you'd have found out about a little hashtag. The hashtag no less than 5. Um, and so you might be waiting a little bit longer for IDK because Heiwo, I don't know, how do I put this? I know on Cantabot it's sad, but how do I put this? You've got a, a newer, more important quest. <laughs> Look, here's the thing. So when I have free time, I have generally a choice to make. Do I work on a video? with thousands of people are always after me to make because they like it. Yeah. And that's good. That's a good thing. Or do I work on like painting IDK or something? And so when I have time to work on something, it's always a choice between those two options. I could work on my army or I could make videos that people like, and honestly often wait too long to get to the next one. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't put out content as often as everyone else is able to. And so I usually choose the latter. My bad. And so I was slowly but surely creeping, just crawling forward with IDK. And I got like one unit done, you know, color and paint scheme and composition that I felt. I I got the, all right, I figured out the test model and I did a, a unit, a unit's done. And then uh, Maw Tribes came out. Into the trash it goes. It's over. 
is over. Move aside, fishmen. Well, and so your <laughs> stone horns are coming home, and then, uh, and so began. Well, it, did, it didn't begin right then, because I'm like, this book seems like a low effort bad book, and it is. But even in low effort bad books, there are diamonds in the rough. You can well, find and, them, and, the and bar, their name. Hmm? Real, real quick, the bar is a lot higher now for ages, like the books now than they were before. Them phoning in a book now is a lot better than them phoning in a book at the beginning of like AOS. Come on. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, to, to be sure. To be sure. Like the bar is and, set higher, but it also means our expectations are higher. So continue. And so I'm like, it seems like the unit that I like the most is the best. And I, I'm like. Could this be like, do I have survivor's guilt about this? Like, am I just thinking about things incorrectly? But it seems to me that when you let monsters capture 10, even if they're at three life and the monsters are reasonably fast, this is actually amazing. And the quest hadn't started yet. So I threw together uh, some Euro bad lists and stuff like that. And I tried it out and I'm like, this is good. This is like actually good. You still have to play a complete tempo strategy and you have hard counters and all the rest, but like this is good when it works. Okay. Operation no less than five. Yeah. Full full speed ahead. Well and, and, and so operation no uh operation no less than five is uh it's time to make five new stonehorn and run them in a list. No more no fewer than five. There might be six. If points change in the future, there might be seven. Although that would be, you know, let's not get our hopes up. But there will be no fewer than five. Well, uh, and this is the hobby army. And I'll slowly phase out the old versions that I didn't paint very well and then covered in snow, which made them look cool. But it was kind of a gimmick, and I sort of regret it now, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so, you know, with each one that I finish, I'll get rid of the old one somehow. Like, I don't know, I'll sell it or I'll give it away in some sort of giveaway thing or whatever. Ooh, there and you go. It'll be, and it'll be Operation No Less Than Five. And I'll run uh, I'll run the, the cool converted, like, hobby thing. It's not an optimal version of the list, but it's optimally cool. So. I, I do find Rule of Cool often wins in Age of Sigmar. You know, like, it's just, it just, it's that final cherry on top that really brings it home. Yeah, a lot of people are just, how do I put this? A lot of people are looking for a reasonable enough excuse to run the thing they secretly just want to run anyway. And if they can find that excuse, they'll do it. And they're usually, they're usually, like, you know, literally wrong to do it. But that's not, like, that's not the point. You know, yeah. the point isn't to run the best stuff possible. Because what are you going to do? Win $0 at the tournament, you know? Yeah. Or win $0. Like you're getting a trophy, you're getting a trophy and you're winning less stuff than the person who won the raffle twice. So, you know, so. it's fine. Uh, try again, Heretics, man, because I'm, I'm really interested to see. And I'm happy you're catching it live because we don't go live often. But um, you said the rule of cool usually bites you in the ass. And I have a, a handy, uh, like, rule of thumb to help with your rule of cool, which is you get one pet project for your army. Um, like, you've got one thing 
that is just cool and you don't give a shit about anything else. Yeah, you can't this you can't build a house. Right? You can't build a house entirely out of rule of cool. Yeah. But you can put a rule of cool man cave in that house. Yes. And it won't and it won't collapse. Oh, yeah. Like this oh, yeah. is This is the Dread Storian. This is this is the um, I'm not even gonna like put Gotrick in the rule of cool because I think Gotrick is just he is Age of Sigmar like the model crystallized. It's like this one little Terminator dude who walks forward and anything he fights he kills. It doesn't matter and I, like I I love I hate dwarves and I love Gotrick. I I don't know how to explain it anybody. I I can't. Yeah, he's he's a five foot eleven Terminator, not quite <laughs> yeah. six foot, but. <laughs> Like, I don't know who. I don't think anyone actually made that meme. I should at some point where yeah. it's a dwarf and he's five eleven, and then like some elf who's like twice his height, six foot. You know? Yeah. If you want to go like, if you want to go full like, uh, like Helsing manga, like do a Helsing manga, uh, joke, but then have Gotrick as tall as like a. Oh yeah. Card. Helsing manga for those at home. Translators note: in Helsing manga, you can tell how important someone is by how tall they are. It is a direct correlation. <laughs> Uh, but so yeah, so you can you can have you can have your your rule of cool man cave, but the whole house can't be built out of it. You know, you can have your eidolon and IDK, you can have your, you know, your your one like special cool thing that it's not quite the best, but you know you just want to run the cool thing anyway, and that's fine. Yeah, you get you get one pet unit, you get one pet rule of cool. And, yeah, and and sometimes the pet choice is the faction in the first place. Could, and this yeah. is often the design yeah. restriction. Yeah. Yeah. So like so I like, want Legion of Asgore is is one that's jumping up because it's come up a few times in chat. If if your whole thing is Legion of Asgore, you want to be that. That's your pet choice. You got to know. And so everything else has to go into maximizing that, which means abusing endless spells, taking allies that are off your your normal like sort of train you get one pet pick and your your faction can be the pet pick if you're kind of out of the the main running right now and that's only in terms of like wanting to optimize if you don't want to optimize then you're already like if you don't care about optimizing you can have an O and five weekend and just like have the best weekend ever at O and five i i by the way i can't i like walk away with like a uh like my imposter syndrome kicks in. I'm like, oh, I lost my games and I'm the worst and no one's going to believe my content anymore. Like, I just get this, like, I, so I can't, I can't have a good weekend and walk away with a losing record, by the way. I have to have a winning record. Uh, so then, like, I, I have to, like, go in to what I want. And that's a big important part of building your army. What do you want? Do you only want to play with the cool stuff? You know? But the, that's a little aside. Host of Ever Chosen. Chaos. Oh. Hmm. oh, oh, we've got we've got some good host of Ever Chosen uh, uh, builds out there. Uh, good is in quotations, by the way. But but yeah, I mean, it, good pet. Yeah, I think so. Chaos Spawn Wargaming asks, "What is the pet choice in Orc Warclans? All the units are good. Even the Rogue Idols are great." Bru I have two answers. Bru One, Bru some are some factions are more privileged than others. <laughs> first mm. of all, but the real answer. Uh, is it doesn't necessarily have to be models, right? Like, for instance, my no less than five quest, like, what am I... So I want two Frost Lords and four Stonehorn Beast Riders, and that's, like, the army, right? 
my pet choice was not caring about drops, even though you really, really should as a boulderhead player. It's integral to you winning that you're able to choose who goes first with your strategy. And so I decided to give up battalion and hence give up caring about drops so that I could run the maximum amount of hilarious crap, right? Mm -hmm. And so some, it's not always about choosing a model that you think is cool. Sometimes it's conceptual. Yeah, the rule of cool is a conceptual. But Oracle clans are just fucking amazing. So uh, I mean, yeah, there is I, that. I, I, I... I, I see. I like that you're woke, by the way, to Oric War Clans Chaos War, uh, Chaos Spawn Wargaming. It took people a little while to jump on that train, but a apparently they're good. A apparently, they're really good. apparently, was already covered in one episode of the Honest Wargamer that they were the best thing ever uh, back in November. So while everyone was ignoring them for you know another six months, uh, like it wasn't. You know, it was already covered once, so, uh, you know, you can just run yeah, I mean, go back to... Yeah, I mean, he had bigger fish to fry, you know? Yeah, he had like to go on... Like, the Petrifex oh, Elite Menace, you yeah, know? Yeah, Zinch and stuff like that. No, Oric War Clans... Or the, no, the real... Or the real Menace, you know? Yeah. Crematorium. Yeah. We're still suffering... We're still suffering under the burden of yeah, them. Yeah, under the burden of them. I... Like, no, no, like, Oric War Clans is... It's a strong book with a lot of good builds, and it's going to keep being strong. I don't think it's oppressive... It's just, it's, it's so good. There's a lot of strong builds you can keep. It's the gift that keeps giving. Dot book. Um, I think that it's got a little bit of the, a uh, little bit of the city's problem going on where, where it's just, you've got orc players or orc players or orc players. They love playing their things, you know, forever. They, they stayed playing orcs through like the bad times and they keep playing orcs. But if a spike walks up to war clans, there's a lot of tools to answer everything going on in this game right now. Spike can do some scary things with Oric Warclans, that's for sure. It's going to be a hard show to do Warclans. Um, Cities of Sigmar was going to be a hard show when I was making it too, which is why one of the reasons I tackled it first. Besides, um, besides it being like the perfect army to start the series on, because so much of Cities of Sigmar is doubles as explaining the world... And so I could really wrap all that up. Like, if you're watching the video and you're new to the game, the best army to start with is Cities of Sigmar because you get to talk about, oh, in the first there was the Age of Myth and you had all these cities and then Chaos took over. You can talk about the history of it and you can talk about real places that are real things everywhere, you know, stuff like mm -hmm. that. And there are so many different sub-factions in there that are all basically good. Like, cities are basically just sub-factions. For the most part, they're just kind of souped up sub-factions. But I'm not going to go over every sub-faction in detail in every f faction focus because you don't need to because some of them are just, like, horrible, you know. And I'm mostly just going to be talking about the ones that are playable. Um, because somebody who doesn't care about, like, doing well or having fun, like, the, why are they even watching a video about stuff? You know, just choose things that look cool, right? So... Well, with Orc War Clans, like, it's three giant armies that have a billion different builds you can do of all of them, and everything's kind of good. And if, uh, good official. Yeah, I'm just going to have to talk about it for a long time. It's going to be a big video. Well, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not shitting on War Clans, by the way. Again, Orc players, hell yeah. You guys, no, it's awesome. Yeah, don't misunderstand. No, don't this misunderstand. This is sweet. This. Yeah, no, it's good. This is, this is sweet. Th this is, uh, yeah. 
War of Warclans is awesome. You can build a Bone Splitter's army, and it's sweet. You can build Iron Jaws. You can build Big Wah, I mean, Great Wah. And that's awesome. You can do sweet things with all of them. Like, it's the army probably in the whole game that is most fun even to lose with, which is a huge feather in your cap as far as a faction is concerned. No, I, I, I need to I need to, to caveat that a little better. Yeah, I thought it was. Um I, I, I needed to, to caveat that a little bit. Like I'm not I'm not being mad at the War Clans book. If Seraphon hadn't come out, I would think it's the best book in Age of Sigmar right now, in terms of just like sheer volume of choice and viability. Uh you're you don't have like an ivory host like like Ossiac Bone Reapers has, where like they have just like the this garbage choice nobody will play, and if they play it, they lose automatically. And, like you don't really have that. Like a little bit. You of have a you have an incredible amount of diversity in mm-hmm. that book, as far as playstyle and lists. Yeah, an incredible amount. You think of I diversity should split it into three? I don't want to split it into three no, videos. You, the, you, 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 you. I go. I will split. I'll take a video and split it into three parts, but I'm not going to go through. No, what I think you do while we're on the the your faction stuff, uh, what you do is you make a mega episode. You you build up to the you have the mega episode. That's the order. Yeah, well, it'll be like the cities one where it's like 20 minutes long. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you can and pitch IDK gotta, in, in you know, 15 minutes, right? Like now you have a 30 minute yeah. episode for Oracle War Clans or whatever. Yeah, most of the videos are going to be around 10 minutes long. It's just cities is double that because it's so huge. And Orc War Clans is probably going to be just as long. Yeah, it's just going to be a big video that's split into about three parts. But like, we we got to man, man. I wish tournaments were going on right now. I'm sorry, everybody. I didn't want to remind you that we we don't have tournaments right now because we just we just watched like Big Wall. I'm sorry, uh, Great Wall, just crushing it for like three straight, four straight tournaments. And I'm like, finally, the Orc players figured out that they're great again. Like, like they had finally figured it out they they it was like it was finally coming around to like moving off of the oh i have my list left over from from the ghb buffs or i have my list left over from pre-ghb because you got to keep in mind what happened with ij was they got a whole different army twice in like a six a six month period yeah which and was- remember when remember when ghb came out and everyone loved the iron jaws rules and they're like just, just don't change this. It's perfect. And they changed every one. And then they came. And then they spoiled the new book. And the Iron Jaws players were like, "Oh fuck!" It was perfect. It was so fun. And now we're getting a new book. And it's just. And then they read it and they're like, "Oh, this didn't ruin everything. It's actually just awesome. It's it's even more fun now. Well, perfect." Like teleport the nine inch teleport where you can't fail the you can't fail the charge, like you know, like that, and. Um, this this actually and you don't have to go for the alpha strike. No, that's the real awesome part about it. That's the best part. You can like, just teleport the thing away and just score the objective. Yeah, you can you can just play an objective game if you want. That's the difference between Boulderhead and uh, Orc War Clans. Is Boulderhead has a real solid alpha, whether it be alpha strike or alpha pin strategy. Mm-hmm. But if that, if for whatever reason, because of the battle plan or your opponent or whatever. If that can't be your strategy, some dice. then yeah. you're kind of screwed. Yeah. Um, and you kind of know in setup usually. But for Orc War Clans, it doesn't have to be your strategy at all. You have an awesome Alpha Strike, and if you don't want to do it, okay. I'm I'm still a badass melee army that can teleport. Like it's okay. I can you know they can play the long game if they yeah. want. They can go for the objectives with a good want. amount of it's bodies. It's just an arrow in their quiver. Yeah. You know. 
Yeah. No, it's 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 a cool. But they don't have any stone horns, so yeah. Unfortunately, they suck. Yeah, and that's I mean, it. They're like, not it's too bad. If they were like zombie orcs. Maybe if they were vampire orcs. Yeah. Oh, vampire orcs. You would you would like, like them. Yeah, I'd like them. A if lot only the orcs would ride stone horn instead of Gorgrante beam. Or like. You know, every army can be improved, though. Nobody's. <laughs> well this comes back to that like that just like there's there's just a resonant aspect but before we move on to like talking a little bit more ogres because i do ogres i'm gonna call them ogres come on i don't want to thick cavalry is always good it's pronounced ogre just like a elf is pronounced elf yeah it's it's ogre it's ogre um but uh actually heretics had a question here early on um and i i think he's really he's really keyed in on something where like people were mad about Skaven like early on, but it's like, Oh, look at Skaven now. And they're just like, they're just hashtag balanced. They, they kind of are like the aggressive cost of like grace here, but I'll let you, you actually, he just wants the, the Haywo like sort of, uh, uh, condensed pitch for Skaven. And this is going to give me enough, enough time to, uh, to, to duck out the room for a second. So you're going to talk about Skaven. Right. You're going to answer if his I'm question. supposed to, if I'm, if I'm to pitch Skaven to someone, yeah, uh, they have the playstyle of Cities of Sigmar, except they look cooler because they're rats in gas masks. You're, you are a, just like Cities of Sigmar, you're a combined arms, silver bullet, bandolier. Like, you have a bandolier of silver bullets, and that's all your units. Every unit in the Skaven book that people play with is a specialist. And that's very strong conceptually. You know, everyone has a job and they all have weaknesses and the weaknesses don't matter because they usually don't have anything to do with what job you really want the thing to do. And so your damage is the glassiest of glass cannons, you know, your ranged has the longest range and good rules, but they absolutely explode if anyone looks at them. But so just play them so that people don't look at them, like put clan rats in the way. Like you have all of, everybody is a specialist who is like an 11 out of 10 for what their job is supposed to do. And then just ones. It's sort of like if you were making a character in a game with stats, it'd be like you're making the fighter have an 18 strength and you can just choose to make it 18 and then put threes in like intelligence. Cause who cares? That's like Skaven units. Um, their spells are awesome. Their mechanics are awesome. Uh, you can overcharge stuff. So there's some risk reward there, but usually the rewards are just worth having a guy blow up sometimes because the effects are so good. You got teleports. You have strong magic. You have incredibly strong buffs. You have great ranged. And you have a bunch of different choices. Whatever type of ranged you need, you have. It's like, I want ranged, but I want it to be mortal wounds. Well, okay, you have warp lightning cannons. I want ranged, but I want it to be high rend. Okay, you have, um, what are they called? Uh, the sharpshooter weapon team with the two rats in it. I can't remember what they're called. Um, but you have those guys. And if you're like, well, I want just a bucket of dice shooting. Jezails, that's it. Jezail. And if you want bucket of dice, okay, you have globe throwers who reroll hits and wounds and throw just a million globes at people and kill them that way. So you have, like, all the options of different types of 
jobs or roles that you would want in an army. And you just kind of pick and choose how you want to build, how you want to build your thing. Um, you do have downsides, of course. Um, for instance, because all of your units tend to have big risks and rewards, sometimes if you just roll ones, like your guys explode and nothing happens. But if you learn to love the humor of that, uh, then it's fine. And you have to sacrifice drops. You're not going to be a two-drop, three-drop army. You're going to be a million drops. But you're the type of army that can be built in such a way not to give a shit. It's like you're giving your opponent the choice who goes first because all your guys are better than his and are perfectly specialized to their roles. And so it's okay because it's part of the plan. And your heroes are great and your units are great and your chaff is great. Clan rats are very definitely the backbone of your whole army and super good. So yeah, I would say that's my quote unquote quick pitch for Skaven. Um, you give up low drops and choosing who goes first, but what you get in return is you can, you know, you're just checking boxes on a required unit roll list from top to bottom. Like, oh, I need a ranged, got it. I need a buff thing, got it. I need a teleport, got it. I need great chaff, got it. I need a, you know, a hammer, a glass cannon hammer unit, got it. I need a monster, got it. You know, you're you're good. And you can lose because the wheels can fall off and the house of cards can collapse for various reasons. I mean, it's the same thing with Cities of Sigmar. These types of armies can fall apart when things don't go your way. So, you know, you're not, you're not like invincible. No one can beat you. Like, um, their, their win percentage is actually pretty normal for the most part. It's just that you have all of the tools at your disposal to win if your strategy is good and things go well. And, uh, and that's that. Well timed. Well and, timed. and they look sweet. Well timed. Um, right now, like, Seraphon have the thing where they're, like, a little bit of a, uh, like, they have a small house of cards thing going on. Um, I think you've got these, City of the Sigmar and, and Skaven are both approaching archetypal categories, where they just, like, at that sort of matchup level, they go, do I win or not? Like, just a little bit. Which is, I guess it's a magic way of looking at it. A little bit of an oversimplification because we do play in three dimensions and the table and the dice are always great great equalizers. It's not like if you have counterspell on hand, you stop the thing from going off. It's not that, like, focused, but... Um, no, but your, your strategy is very strong and um, you... Well, as I was explaining, I mean, it kind of goes over what I was already talking to them about, yeah. about uh, to chat about, but... You know, you give up choosing who goes first, and your the wheels can fall off your well-oiled machine, but all of your pieces are specialists and excel at the jobs they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And so if, if everyone does the thing they're supposed to do, you should win, for the most part. So they're just pilot-intensive armies? Uh, it's piloting, it's rolling dice, and... Uh, like low drop alpha strategies can be really strong against it because you have a lot of moving parts and things have to 
work the way you want them to. You know, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face, right? Just like uh, the famous, uh, I can't remember who said that, some boxer, Tyson. maybe. Mike Tyson. Yeah, I think it was Mike Tyson. That's kind of like, that's what I tell a Skaven or Cities of Sigmar player who just lost. Like, if you just lost and you play Skaven or Cities, like, that's the that's the answer. Everyone's got a Everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face, and that's how you're able to lose. I, and a lot of Age of Sigmar players punch people in the face, <laughs> so you know don't don't feel too bad. No army, like there isn't an army that you can expect, like, and I mean like expect to win. Mm-hmm. Like you just show up and you're like, I'm going to be winning with this thing. Mm-hmm. Like you can feel like that. That's fine. But I wouldn't expect it in such a way so that you're like mad. If you lose. Or I was lied to, this thing was supposed to be S tier, like Yeah. Yeah. I, I I'd go a step further and say that like uh everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face type thing. You have an advantage then if you're on an army that you're if you're on an army that you're hyper comfortable with, you've taken all of the punches, you know? And you just know it inside and out. You know how to recover from that, like, that, the, the, like, the turbo uppercut, right? Like, you've got that, you've got that, like, oh, yeah, I've taken this hit before. I, I think that gives you that extra level of playing. This is what, what I talk about earlier on when I talk about, like, chasing the meta. I don't think of it as, like, a bad thing, and I, I you know, whatever. But, like, you, you've been on ogres through all of it. The, the thick and the thin, you know, like, you, you've been, uh, when they were, I mean, you got to watch an army, uh, basically kind of become one of that that like that old vanguard wing, that old, uh, you know, KO. In that same thing, you got to see the the mixed destruction with your thunder tusks, you know, using your unit, and you're like, guys, they're not a problem in my army. <laughs> you know, you you had that that moment where you saw your best thing used in somebody else's army. You had that moment where like you you dealt with a residual heat. You you had that that like jobber period and then like i think that you're kind of the wheel has kind of come back around to where mod tribes are legit they're enjoying a a a plus 50 uh, over 50 percent win rate uh basically the stonehorn builds are doing it um like you're you're in that like you're coming back around on the top with your army that you've stuck with this whole time like man how the heck do you weather playing what should be a one and four army through that the dark period and how do you feel about it kind of now i guess um hmm. do you now have a burden actually like because before you had you you were kind of you had no burden or of expectation for your army before right like it was quote unquote a no but i didn't before. i didn't at the very start of release for the new book either because like the general consensus is that it was a bad book and so if you did well with it, you're still, like, you know, proving oh. people wrong or doing something cool, you know? But but now we've okay. seen these, like, sort of new, this new sort of, like, trend emerge with them, right? Where they're, it's kind of like, you're, you're a you're a three and two, four and one army. If you catch some lucky breaks and run hot, you can win it all. I mean, yeah, I believe there was one first place. There was a first place. In a 44-person tournament, Nathan Watson got got first i think out of 44 people uh he was on Eurobad just like me uh second place at wapaka 
Jake got second mm -hmm. with uh, he wasn't on Eurobad. He had a skull instead, but you know, two Frost Lords and other stuff. You know, yeah. he was on that. Um, yeah, a bunch of other Boulder Heads have gotten like fourth place and third place and eleventh place. Ian and, qualified in UK Masters. Yeah, Ian qualified in the hit in the heat, going five and one. Like, I guess what place you're in kind of doesn't matter. All these people went X and one for the most part. Right. It's an X and one army. You're capable of it now. And you just completely weren't before mm -hmm. for the longest time. Uh, this is statistically proven with uh, with statistics. Uh, well, yeah, in all of these thing, like, I'm, I'm sure somebody had that that didn't report or maybe it was a tiny tournament or something. But, yeah, nobody went. Nobody even went four and one with old beast claw for like for like three years and then new book comes out in a month later and what like nine people have gone x and one with it including me tip my hat there although i think i have the lowest placing out of all the people that went x and one no adam, adam bird at cancon got 17 got him anyway well, uh, uh, to be but, fair soft scores right like that's why we look at just the 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 x and y record you know, his list is good it's a good list. It's an X and one list, I'll say. Right, right. And uh, it clearly was because he went X and one. Yeah. Um, I I don't want to take away from soft scores. We we spent a long time talking about how I think like the personalizing your army, the fluff, the flavor. Yeah, that stuff's really important. But I when think it's you're just, but when you're just talking about performance, right, right. it has no place in the conversation. So, so I just need to That's I it. just need to point out that we've we've shifted gears a little bit. Um, yeah, you know. and that, that's why place doesn't matter really at all. It's about record. Like, that's what you really care about. You know, when you're talking about how something performs, you're looking at five O's, four and ones, three and twos, et cetera. You're not looking at first place, second place, third place, because that's like overall. Yeah. So, sorry, there's the, the dead air. I was responding to heretics here. Um, but yeah, you, you've taken them now four and one at a. a close to a hundred hundred person tournament right yeah and i would have took them 5-0 except for their if it weren't for those meddling kids and by meddling kids i mean uh being sick for two months and then covid coming out but um mm -hmm. here's hoping we'll see mm -hmm. one of these times it's one of those armies where if you get lucky enough you can go five and oh but you probably don't deserve to be there necessarily you know what i mean I, it's one of those armies you're there's... fully capable of going four and one you need unreasonable amount of luck to go five and zero, which is nothing to complain about. It's probably the best place to be. You don't want to be an army that's expected to go Win five and zero or something, because then, then you then you feel like shit when you go two and three because you lost priority rolls and stuff. Like you know, you or or, or people game their and you want to be the underdog. You want your opponent to underestimate you because that's super powerful. Right. You want your opponent to underestimate you, and you want your opponent not to know what your stuff does because both of those are really strong. Um, um, you know, those are those are really strong benefits to playing right. an army like this. Right. It does. Uh, it does. Uh, it does. And I'm still salty. Saurus are 90 points, and Stormgrimmen are 120. But I will not <laughs> quilt till the gap is closed. And my boss are 10 for 100. Fair enough. Um, 12 crushers done today. Thank you, Rantcast. You're welcome. You're welcome, Frank. No, I, I um. <laughs> boys no i i um like i look at mod tribes and i see it as an army that answers a couple of of questions um 
in the in the meta currently. And I feel like they have a danger of their book being thin once we move away from this meta. So that's my great concern, because I think they're great right now. Um, then again, Gluttons inflate once we move away from high meta, or high, high armor meta. It depends. There are some, um, like, they can they can move with the meta a little bit. Mm -hmm. There's there's room for that, you know. Um, they're, I think, top table competition, they're going to get a little worse as time goes on, which is common. It's almost the norm. Yeah. For most armies. Yeah. Because the top table competitors figure out what they don't know, or I'm not familiar with this army, or such and such, and they're like, well, I have a problem, my army can't deal with this, and so they start to tweak. Mm -hmm. And the meta starts to adapt, which is the meme, but it does happen. Uh, and, you know, when Boulderhead crashed out of the gates, you know, saying... Here's two wounded Stonehorn Beast Riders on turn four, and they both just retreat. And now I have 20 on the objective and I win the game. You're like, oh, okay. Like, 10 capturing monsters sounded good, but now that I'm seeing it happen in real time, it's way better than I thought. Mm -hmm. Says your opponent. And he probably won't fall for that again. And so as familiarity increases, um, you'll get fewer percentages of free wins happening, you know, mm -hmm. which is just that's how it works uh, for all armies, really. Well, I, I, so they'll lose some points there but they're uncommon enough that they're not going to shift the needle in any way on the metagame as a whole. No. Like, no. no. people are trying to solve the problem of great armor and Hearthguard, like OBR armor and Hearthguard Berserkers and you know, Zinch foam, and to, to, it's like they're trying to solve the big flashy like person who if, gets top three all the time. Real, you know, real quick, if I can, those are three different types of of resilience going on. Like they're, and that's why you can't solve all the problems. Right, you have to choose. Right. Yeah, but that's what makes metagames interesting. If it was all the same problem, well, then it would be easy and it'd get solved. Yeah, yeah. but as we go back, remember what I was talking about Skaven. Uh. Luckily, they have three different answers to any one problem, and so they get to pick and choose who they want to lose against the least. And there you go. Well, this is what but makes... as I was saying about Boulderhead, like, it's just not a big enough thing for the meta to notice it in any reasonable way. Like, nobody's building their army to be so that it doesn't lose to Boulderhead, to, yeah. so it doesn't lose to, like, Yorl bad Boulderhead. Um, some people are because their local scene maybe has three Beast Call players or something like that, but I'm talking like you're going to Adepticon. When you're thinking about the final tweaks of your list, you're not like, oh, but Stonehorn, you know, maybe I should change this. You're not. Well, and that's that means it's in... That's a great thing for yes. Boulderhead and, uh, and Maw Tribes players. Mm -hmm. Because if people wanted to beat Maw Tribes, your stuff is flawed enough that if people started adapting to you specifically, you could never win. You're just not good enough. But because you're not good enough, nobody finds it worth doing that. Well, this so is I the, guess chicken or the egg. But this is the, that that Johnny yeah. spike, right? Where you like you don't you go, what are the best decks in the meta in 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 uh, Match of the Gathering? And you go, oh, like Miracles, Reanimator, you know, whatever. And then you're like, wait, I want to build the deck that beats both of them. 
but nobody knows about right now. You know, and then you play yeah. Cloud Post. <laughs> it's like this is the deck to beat, and then the second best deck to beat is the deck that beats that but loses to some other stuff. And so you're like, I need to figure out what beats both of those, and then I can win. And then somebody else is like, I'm going to just be the second and the third and dodge the first or something. And you have yeah. all these like theories yeah, about the metagame, meta. which are the very metagame. interesting. And I can, Super. Love metagame. I'm, I'll do it. It's been parts of shows before. Maybe I'll do a show on it. What, I don't know. What needs to happen, but, I'm going to throw this out here right now, is is Vince Venturella needs to pull both of us on for a meta discussion episode. Because he had me on for a meta discussion once. And he's had you on for the uh, psychographic profiles once. But, like, they need to combine our powers and have, like, the Omni-Meta discussion episode. Because... Yeah, I but have it, be a, have it be a Meta-Meta discussion. Ooh, so we're talking about like, something else? And then, like... And so people think that he had a typo on his Warhammer Weekly uh, YouTube title for the show. And it's like, Halo and Mr. Meff talk about Meta-Meta, right? And the whole time, we never talk about actual tiers or who's winning or what armies are good and what ones are going to be good we don't talk about any of that we just talk about the concept of metagames and how they evolve yes and yeah. so it's just a meta discussion about metas and everyone gets trolled 100 yeah I'm but it's still it. interesting and so they stay instead of get upset well it's vince venturello so they stay like um no it's it's that's the thing is like i i think right now in age of sigmar when he speaking of vince when he basically coined the fat middle I think he started to prime people for um, this understanding of, like, a meta in a broader sense that Age of Sigmar hasn't dealt with before. Because it really was a game of, you know, you had the two busted armies and then you had everybody else. You know, like, you really had that, like, that have and have not sort of meta before. I look at a top ten. At any tournament right now. Yeah, and AOS has a massive jungle. Oh, a huge, it's huge. An Im impossibly huge jungle. In Magic the Gathering, the jungle is something that if you have any buys going into the tournament, you have to worry about the jungle for one round. Mm -hmm. And then you just don't care. In AOS, you're in the jungle until undefeated last round, probably. Mm, you're in the jungle mm -hmm. until day two. Last day two, two rounds. Day two. Day two. Yeah. You're undefeated day two, like you're finally out of the jungle at that point. Yep. And so you really have to give a shit about it. Yeah. You can't just put it out of your head. Like in Magic, it's like if I'm in the jungle, I'm doing poorly enough that I should drop anyway. And so they don't need to think about it really for the most part with deck construction. Yeah. I mean, I guess they do if they have no buys and they're flying to a tournament. But if you have no buys and it's a 15 round tournament, don't buy that ticket. Don't yeah. buy that plane ticket. Well, um, and that's that's the other part of it is like the jungle still wins in Age of Sigmar pretty consistently. Like you have just this it's such a thick jungle you gotta fight through. Yeah, you're you're in the jungle for a long time because people are choosing factions based on how awesome they think they look, and then they're trying to optimize after that. Yeah. And because of that, you get a whole plethora of seven percent of the meta, you know, mm -hmm. times fifty. And that's just everybody, and so you have to really care about that. Well, this, you this can't is... uh, you can't overreact to trying to solve the best or beat the top guys because you know you have some night haunt, you have some like legion of grief night haunt thing, and it's like okay, I figured out a way to just 
you know, I, I can't lose to the, the top three and, and I'm good. And then you show up to the tournament and you're on Bone Splitter's Man who chose Ghostface Killers. And they, <laughs> pierce, and they just pierce Ren and you're dead. Yeah. And then the next round you play against that one Gutbusters dude who's like a showed up with 36 gluttons. <laughs> nice ethereal, bro. I don't even have Ren. And you're just like, whoa. Who are these people? What are they doing? Yeah, like beating you. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and 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 on top of that, you have the battle plan and the dice. Again, magic, you've got the draw, but the draw is 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 actually rather normalized based because it's only sixty cards and the this the numbers are pretty static. The dice will always always the dice are in every decision in Age of Sigmar. Every decision. It's not just I look at my seven cards of like known outcomes and then draw a card. And then make decisions. Yeah, in in magic, your in in magic, the your decision is like, what are my chances to draw this over a certain amount of time, and does my opponent have it? Yeah. Like, your your two like big question marks are, does he have it, and what are my odds of drawing it if X such and such happens? You know, in AOS, everything is that. It's like a two two could beat a 1-1 one, one every time in Magic, because that's that's just what happens. Your 2-2 two, two kills the 1-1, one, one, it dies, yep. and there you go. Yep. In AOS, the 1-1 one, one can beat the 2-2. Two, two. Yep. And so nothing, almost nothing is certain, yep. and everything yep. is just weighing a bunch of odds and risks against each other. Yep. And so it's a lot more volatile. Never mind that Stitch in Time, the card, happens... Uh, every battle round which does throw a wrench into it that's some low-key shade at the double turn for those of you who don't play magic <laughs> stitch in time stitch in time is a card from is it which is red blue colors sorcery and it says flip a coin if you win the flip take an extra turn so it's literally stitch in time yeah yeah so there now you have a joke explainer um no I, I, that that's the thing about age of sigmar is is you have such like, like this i don't want to like riff on paul conti too much but he did this thing where like the meta doesn't matter and i disagree firmly with the meta doesn't matter but a point he was trying to make is like essentially don't be intimidated by the meta play your game and i yeah I loved he, he wasn't that was the the clickbait version of what he was saying That's the the meta doesn't matter, yeah, but yeah. really he was talking about your where your mind state should be and in in that way he was very right yeah he was he was super correct and, and i think this is a big big takeaway i mean we're looking at like we've talked about ogres and i want to bring this back to ogres and this point that you just made like nobody's headhunting your army right now man nobody which is why i think you're enjoying like a they're enjoying a cushy 4-1 like expect yeah and i think they'll continue to enjoy that moving forward mm -hmm. because they're never like the stuff in that book, there isn't. You you don't have the, you don't have the tools to become good enough for the meta to need to adapt to you. The only way you're going to get screwed moving forward is if some new army comes out that is amazing in some way. Killing that monsters, right? When no, what I'm talking, that wouldn't even be that bad. Monsters are so fucking easy to kill in Age of Sigmar. They're okay. so everything right. kills monsters by accident. Um, and dust. Continue. Why do, you, why do you think everybody's monster is ethereal? Because it's so easy to kill monsters. They have to do that, right? Yeah. 
But what I'm saying is some new army comes out that is clearly just like OP, right? And it's warping the meta and people start changing their list to be that thing. The only way you could get screwed is if you're collateral damage. If the way people are skewing to beat that thing accidentally screws you too. Like that's the danger for Boulderhead. Yeah. If like whatever that giant army they alluded to, you know, is coming out and it's got 20 capturing or whatever, like it, it their monsters capture two and stuff like that. And so people have to like figure out something, <laughs> you know, that's, I suppose that's the only real danger metagame wise for Boulderhead players or actually Maw Tribes players entirely is if they get accidentally collateral damage destroyed by people skewing to beat some other thing that comes out. Mm -hmm. hmm. But I just feel like low drop, alpha strike, great on objectives sometimes, is uh, a pretty safe place to be when nobody's gunning for you. Mm -hmm. Like it's a pretty And it's a fun strat. You know you Im almost immediately know if you're going to win or lose a game for the most part. Mm. Every dice roll is hype because they're all important. Um, it's it's fun. Well, and it's, it's for the most part, even fun to lose as long as you get to drive your monster trucks a little bit. Yeah. You know, as long as you get to crash them into a few stuff, it's it's fun. Well, the, the other part of that is you mentioned, like, uh, you, you know the strat going in. And I think that's an important part of playing an army is, like, having a obvious strategy for your win condition. I mean, yours is obvious. You drive monster trucks into dudes and objectives, and you get to win. Well, who was I playing last round at, at Wapaka? The kid, um, uh, what's his name? He was on Skaven. His dad was on Corn. Oh, Isaiah. Oh, Isaiah. Yeah, Isaiah Ramchek. Mm -hmm. He was on Skaven. And so, oh, here, we're talking about bringing it back to that previous conversation about Skaven, where, like, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Like, oh, he, they shit on my army, by the way. If, he, if, if I had a, played him last round, I'd have lost that. Well, he, he's a really good player. Yeah. For those who don't know the Midwest, you know, tournament scene, like Isaiah Ramchak is very young. But he's very good at the game. I, he knows I, a lot about a bunch of armies. I wish he's I was a, as, as good at Warhammer at his age as I, I wasn't. It took me to be in yeah. my 30s to be as good as him. Like, if I was that good that young, I would. I would be smashing people in their mouth every day right now and not even thinking second. Like, yeah, and and so it was a game where he knew exactly what he had to do to beat me. And I've played against Skaven a whole lot, just as a player. Same. And so I knew exactly what I had to do against Skaven in order to beat them. And it required him to get unlucky in at least, like, one or two critical moments very early on. Like, he had to get unlucky, and those are my lines to victory. And he failed a spellcasting role that was critical and had to do his backup teleport, because they have two. <laughs> but that allowed, you know, that... the And then this is where the wheels can kind of come off sometimes, a Skaven. Like, because he had to do the backup thing, because this thing didn't work, it meant that... I could possibly like get to this place if I rolled a, a high charge and then I could get that in there and you know, and then it came down to the turn two priority and I won for the double turn and it was just like dismantled the machine that he had the machine that's supposed to you push the button and you win. Like I dismantled the machine because two things went wrong. Mm -hmm. And that can happen. And we talked about it after the game and we're both good. And we're both really knowledgeable about the, about the game. And he's like, 
yeah, I just needed, um, I needed that spell not to fail and I needed priority, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I needed your spell to fail and I needed to win priority. So I played to that and then it happened like, yep. All right. Good game. Like we both just immediately knew, like when we were deploying where we both, if we were interviewed, we would just both say the same thing. Like, yeah, I'm deploying this way because my lot, my path to victory is for his X thing to go wrong. And then this X thing to go right for me. And it's, I think it's my only way to win. And then if they interviewed him, it would be like, I don't think he can win this unless this goes wrong and this goes wrong. And then, you know, it did. And there you go. <laughs> well, and, and that's that's the other thing is like, Age of Sigmar just doesn't have those guarantees the way that like No, but you have to play to them. Yes. And like understanding what they are and playing to them is important. Like getting a, getting to the level where you know them. Getting yeah. to the level where you know them is a, is a person who isn't familiar with Skaven might not have known that you need your that you need like your chaff units behind your front lines because they have to guard ma they have to guard uh warp nah holes, you know, or nah holes, sorry. Um so that they can't teleport them. So you need your chaff like behind you for the most part to guard those things. And um there's certain critical like linchpin things you have to get rid of, whether that be like Stonehorns crashing in there or like shooting them out of the way. Like you have to know stuff about Skaven to be able to beat it for the most part. Um, but I suppose that's like kind of correct for most armies, but it's especially important for ones that are kind of a big machine. Yes. Like of the interactions, like cities, Zinch and Skaven and stuff like that. Yeah. Is that. If you don't know exactly what they're doing, it's so hard to on the fly come up with a way to take something apart. Right. KO is in this category right now too. Like, th that's that's the part where I, I think we're a little bit, as a community, too hasty to react to the math hammer and the, like, you know, the theory and the salamanders and how much shooting and they can lay upon my army with the salamanders. If you get, like, caught up in the the math hammer aspect of it, you lose sight of the, the whole army and what it's trying to do, and they only have the one teleport to do that, and they can only answer the I see a unit that's... With those salamanders, I see a unit that does pretty good damage and then dies to a counterattack from full. Yeah. From anything. Right. Like, to me, that's like, you kill my something and then I charge it with Beast Riders and they're all dead. I'm like, okay. I, I had a similar... A little, Probably a little too glass in that cannon, but it's a good cannon it's and you have a teleport. You, so you can, can put, put it, it right it. where you need it. Yep. yep. And yep. so you, you know, Seraphon is a box of... Uh, you know, it's a box of scalpels. It's not hammers. It's not hatchets. You know, it's a it's a whole bunch of scalpels that you can put in, slide into the perfect place, and then maybe get priority so they're not punished for that. Maybe not. And then stealing those wins. Well, like I, like I had that. I had this like my great moment of dissonance uh, in in this game where i was i was preaching have have patience uh let the meta develop i'm not saying the meta will react and the meta will fix it that's that's the meme version of it i'm saying like really like you can math hammer a bunch of shit and completely bury the lead on how it actually works in the game like math hammer tends to assume maximum frontage of units and stuff like that and it's uh uh jeremy cooper who i just had on my my uh on yesterday uh he said one of my favorite sentences of all time when people were talking about Plague Monks, previous Plague Monks in the War Scrolls. The the thing we, we were already talking about because he was building Skaven at the time is like, the problem with Plague Monks wasn't the math hammer. It was the time invested in 
performing the math. Like, that that was always the problem. It was never the amount of damage they dealt. It was never the amount of damage they dealt. And uh, we, we had this conversation, and he said one of my favorite sentences ever is, I've never lost to Plague Monks. He just, the sentence, and this is pre, like, Plague Monks uh, uh, fact and that happened in the winter. I've never lost to Plague Monks. And what he went on to, like, sort of espouse was that, like, like, yeah, Plague Monks do all this shit in perfect Math Hammer universe. He's like, I've never let them perfectly Math Hammer me. Like, that that's not how it plays on the table. There's terrain, you charging, you move your dudes, you wheel them, you hit the, the thin side, you do all this stuff. He's like, I've never lost to Plague Monks. And it was, it was this moment for me that, that, like, I have been saying things that try to explain that moment. And that, like, crystallized it. Where it's like, yep. I've never yeah. lost to Math Hammer. I've, I've simply, like, you, you had this one time. Uh, I, I've done the Math Hammer on my 40 skeletons, double piling in with Van Hells and exploding blads and stuff like that. Uh, oh, action. yeah, yeah. I'm like, I've never gotten the full 40 skeletons in to attack somebody. I've and simply... you'd think, when you're just napkin mathing it they're on 25 mil bases with two inch reach like surely you get all 40 in all the time yeah no no very rare i the only time that ever happened with your army is when i was playing it yeah and my opponent made a grievous error to allow it to happen yeah and yeah. he he go it was one of the he gonna learn that day <laughs> he gonna learn not to do like, like, not to say skeletons are bad, because, like, the thing you learn about skeletons that are great is that, is when they, you, like, you blow up, like, 20 of them, and then you put basically 20 of them back on, and then it's a little, like, amoeba action, and you've got them daisy-chained out, and you're doing some stuff like that, but you're still only getting, like, 30 in, not 40, and it's it just, like, weird things happen when you start to play the game of Age of Sigmar, and so, like, Math, Math Hammer will lie to you. Math Hammer lies to you when you're, especially when you're talking about, like, big units. Uh, mass units that's the beauty of like monsters in a little bit of a sense is like they get to like always perform their 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 uh their aggressive actions like they tend to get to do their thing uh i mean yes and no a lot of times you end up having to like pile in in a certain way and just barely reach with your two inch stuff and then your one inch stuff is closer like but it is definitely true that monsters very often get to, like, they get full frontage, like, 90% of the time, maybe. Yeah. As opposed to they don't 90% of the time, like other units. I literally won it. I didn't have a glass. How did it go? Yeah, we're good. All right, thank face. you. Okay. No, we're good. Thank you. All right. We're back on on top. Um, the ninety percent of the frontage for your your uh, your monster. Yeah, and and when you have monsters, ninety percent of the time you get it. Sometimes you have to reach over top of something, and you only get your two inch reach attacks, or you have to pile in in a goofy way or something like. So ten percent of the time you don't you don't get all of it. But when you're using like a unit of a whole bunch of guys, it's like flipped. You know, eighty percent of the time you don't get everything, or maybe even more than that, depending mm-hmm. on how good your opponent is or. If you just got a double so you get to like perfectly set up or anything like that, you know. Yeah. There's two there's two extremes here and they're both to be avoided and recognized. Mm-hmm. And that's the you know, you're looking at a Nurgle unit with a four inch move and you're like, This is slow. And 
you have somebody who's new to the game and they're like, oh, so these guys are slow. And then you have a person who knows a lot about the game and they're like, you'd think that, wouldn't you? But actually they're fast because they're going to move like 17 inches or something like that because they're running and charging and they're getting plus three from this guy because of the bell and there's a terrain piece and all that. And so what you really should be thinking about is how it plays out on the table and not so much what the just individual parts are because you're not really going to be playing against the individual parts. You're going to be playing when somebody is making people play so that their strategy tends to happen most of the time, or at least they're trying to. And so that's what you should prepare for. Well, well this is a that's basic... reasonable, but don't take it too far and only assume, Oh, 30 witch elves. That's 120 attacks every time. And it's rend one every time. And it's two damage every and Cause now you're like, you're going too far in the opposite direction because it's only two damage if they have more bravery than you. And it's only if the spell resolves and they have to get all 30, you know, piled in perfectly and all this. So like ideal perfect situations are probably to be avoided, but it's interesting to know what the upper limit is so that if you have no chance, you're like, well, okay, if I win the lottery, can I win? You know, cause that's useful as well. But also don't just take stuff straight from War Scrolls and don't even think about how interactions work on the table. When the person built the army on purpose to do that as much as they can, you know. So there's extremes on both ends are to be avoided or at least recognized, you know. Well, I I think, and that's a point about some armies that I think is super pertinent is, is the winning strategy being obvious or easy. Uh, makes an army more favorable to the, um, not even like the novice, just the person who doesn't want to like always be tryharding all the time. You know, if, if yeah, you... like sometimes it's relaxing to not have to nickel and dime everything to be able to win, because some strategies necessitate that. Old, you know, old Grizzlegore was the most, you know, meditative casual i have to expend zero percent brain power to win this game kind of thing and a lot of people hated that and they weren't wrong but it is nice to be able to have an army that you don't have to like become mentally tired after playing two rounds of you know what i mean yeah like there's a value in giving yourself a break from stuff like that yeah i know that day one i'm on autopilot and then day two i started to think the army yeah 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 I, and if i, I was I, playing I, if i was playing gloom spite gets i would be like mentally exhausted after the third round hmm. and you know arms right you're just yeah, moving, moving 200 you're guys every physically turn. i mean i can't imagine what it's like to only move five models a game or six models a game yeah i have i have back <laughs> problems i have i have bad back problems and back injuries and I can't be hunched over moving 200 guys more than five times a game for five games. I can't do it. Dude, I, I had uh, the greatest thing about OBR, uh, OCR Bone Reapers for me, take a drink, uh, was that I got to do exactly what I wanted to do with Legion of Nagash, but with 50 models instead of 100 models. <laughs> like, I'm just like, you're right. I do only want to move 50 of these guys. Yeah, and you're moving in the right direction, but let's talk about six. <laughs> like, that's cool, but let's keep going down that path 
and eventually you'll come oh, to the light at the end of yeah, the tunnel. Yeah, that's where it is. Six like that. Models. Yeah, yeah. That's where yeah. it is. Is that like is my final form actually just I end up becoming a Ma Tribes player instead? Look, when when you're playing an army that's still okay and you're moving six models around every movement phase, and that's your whole army. It's like going to bed when you know you're playing in Shyish tomorrow. Oof. Like that's that's the feeling. <sighs> the sweetest. The, it's Ulgu, and it's the sweetest sleep I've ever had. Is is? No, it's is, Ulgu. That's right. It's Ulgu. Mind. It's Ulgu. Going into having Umbral Spell Portal and going to sleep tomorrow, or going to sleep knowing I have Ulgu plus Umbral Spell Portal. I'm just like, I've never. I I've had chronic insomnia since I I was 14. By the way, so there's types of insomnia. I have never been able to, like, just sleep, like, on command. I'm not one of those humans, except for that one night at Wapaka. Yeah, it's just, there's something about tomorrow morning, your first round is in Ulgu, and you have a spell portal, and you just attained inner peace, and even your subconscious knew you were going to win. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it knew. And so it's like, oh, there's nothing to worry about here. There's no worry. There's no concern. It's time to just... Uh, it's time for your phone to go into sleep mode and just charge because there's no concern at all. Yeah. Woke up in a in a dreamlike, hyper focused like trance like state, and then it was just round two, and um, like did you win round one? Yeah. And you're like, yeah. yes. Yeah. I couldn't tell you what happened because I wasn't even using my whole brain. No. <laughs> but uh, but yes, of course I won. It was Ulgu. Zulgu and I had spell por portal plus Nagash. Um, no, I, I uh, that, sorry, Mr. Whitek, uh, Garage Hammer, uh, dude. Uh, you you hadn't achieved inner peace for that game, even though we had uh, Age of Sigmar the musical uh, going on the whole time. Um, no, it, it, like there's there's something to be said for like the mental fatigue of Age of Sigmar because you're making like constant decisions and and uh, i think that ogres give a a break to the mental game a little bit because the strategy to win is pretty straightforward and the objective play is alleviated somewhat not entirely yeah you don't have you don't have a lot of mechanical decisions to make but your decisions carry a high amount of repercussions yes because you don't yes 100%. Like, because you don't have a teleport and you don't have any good prayers and your spells are mostly just buffs and, like, your terrain piece doesn't do anything. And, like, because you're so because you're so simple, it means you can't get out of jail. Like, you don't have any get-out-of-jail-free cards. So you have very few paths to victory. And if you stray from the path or something goes wrong, you're, like, instantly dumpstered because of it. Like, if, if you, you know... In your hero phase, you roll a die if you're still in combat to see if someone takes a D3 mortal wounds, which you're almost never still in combat. So your hero phase is just like, I get a command point. Okay, time to move. And if you move wrong, you just lose the whole game. There's no like, well, I can, you know, teleport this thing later or get this guy over here or heal this thing in a, in a reasonable way or... Well, okay, that that didn't work, but I still have this. It's like now you you lost. That was your one shot. Your one shot was the Skaven player, not getting that teleport roll, and your strategy were and like you're making charges and stuff. 
And if you didn't know to go after those guys with your with your move originally, then even on the double, you weren't going to get anywhere, and the clan rats surround you, and you lose the game. And so you you don't have a ton of like mechanical decisions to make, but the <laughs> the punishment for failure is high. <laughs> so there's a real like sort of a almost like a um, paradox of like the. Uh, the the skill ceiling to skill floor, like the army, looks like it has a pretty low skill floor, uh, coming into it, but to truly execute well at a high level, like you've got to hit that that ceiling is up there. The, the mechanical floor is the same as the ceiling. It's just the same. Like there's nothing for you to do really besides remember your rule. Mm-hmm. It's not about choosing which spell to go here and which command ability to use there. There's just, you know, it's it's the floor. There aren't many decisions to make like that. Um, but the execution and nuts and bolts of the game is super high. It's like, um, so it's like the, how drafting. Is this the fundamentals like army? Is this the fundamentals yeah. army? It's a, it's a fundamentals. Uh, I don't know if it's a fundamentals army actually, because kind of, you could say that fundamentals are sort of like all of the playing in all the phases. Maybe mm. I'm not sure. But it, I was going to liken it to limited, and that is kind of the same point, so maybe I agree. But like limited and drafting is the most pure type of magic. It's meat and potatoes, nuts and bolts. If I may interject. Um, combat math, creature math, life total math, card advantage. Like it's, it's super basic and principles like that. Drafting, though, starts at the, at, at the list building. Draft is, yeah. is you have to and show even in list building, building it's the most nuts and bolts like classic right. mean potatoes where limited, you need. But then limited, you can hand me a deck if I'm a great pilot. I don't need to know anything about the the building. You know what I'm saying? For limited, you mean? Yeah, limited. You hand me a deck and I, I just pilot it well. Oh, like so you draft and somebody else builds it, or yeah, somebody else drafted and yeah, built just, it and then yeah, gives it to yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, it gives it to me. Like, I feel like they're... Yeah, and then from that point on, you're just... You're doing super classic, basic magic stuff. Fundamentally. Like, you're playing dudes, you're figuring out combat math, you're thinking about life totals and tempo and just stuff like that. It's pretty basic, but a lot of people struggle with that because they jump ahead to combos and interactions, and I only need 13 land because of this, this, and this. Win and cons. I do this combo, and I, you know, push button, and I win with the combo. Yeah, win, or, win cons. Yeah, they're, they're all focused yeah, on the or, You know, I play Ugin, and they can't deal with Ugin, so I just win, so I just need to cast Ugin, and who cares? And they attacked me for 8, and then they attacked me for 11, and I'm not dead. And I cast Ugin, and I just win, and it's fine. Like, you don't have to worry about all that basic stuff. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of players struggle in limited and don't do so well when they're not good at the fundamentals and so in that in that respect if you're just talking about like pure movement target priority and keeping focused on scoring points and like the path to like fundamental victory in aos yeah then an army like like boulderhead is is pretty much that Okay, so so this is. Do you think that that uh, this could be a like a, a total like uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm just totally bullshitting. But do you think that like in some way 
Maw tribes or ogres, uh, beef claw raiders, appealed to your your magic sensibilities because it is kind of like quintessential. Um, I, I got to okay. So for no, those of you on I the think, pure audio, I think not. I think okay. Hmm? I was just saying for those of you pure audio that 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 brief pause. I watched his eyes flit about as he truly contemplated the question. This is this is a, that was a pretty stellar interview. Uh, if you were in the visual format, yeah, these aren't these aren't pre-decided no, questions. I wasn't I wasn't given a I yeah. wasn't given a, a printout of these questions beforehand. So I actually thought about it, and I don't think so. Um, I think that any any amount of my strategy that is reflected in how I play Boulderhead is probably just the tools that I had, you know, from Magic, and I'm applying them to this more than me seeing that in the army when I was first deciding on armies and choosing it because of that. I, I think um, Tempo, by the way, and, and I'm going to give ultimate credit to you going forward, by the way. Um, I played Tempo a lot, and I play boulder had very much like a tempo game so perhaps that but perhaps that's a reflection but it's probably a reflection of how i liked to play magic and i saw after choosing an army by accident i discovered that the best way to win is to play it how i liked to play magic decks for the most part even the combo deck i played was a tempo combo deck. yeah yeah um can, can we, like, give a little fan service to the MTG players here about your reanimator experiences? Because was reanimator uh, GP Milwaukee, or was that... Yeah, that was, that was GP Milwaukee, okay, and yeah. um, it was also GP uh, New Jersey, and... No, it wasn't Ohio. Ohio was still Zoo at the time. Oh, Zoo. <laughs> zoo is fundamentals, though. Zoo is pure fundamentals. And you're not you're missing out on like two fundamentals. So you're just like you're like leaning heavily on like three fundamentals. Zoo was zoo is stolen victories a hundred percent. So zoo like was top to bottom. Zoo, every zoo win was... every win zoo gets in legacy, at least back then, was a complete five finger discount. Total steal. So it was you playing Beast Claw Raiders. Uh, in their worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every every victory was complete bank robbery. It was robbery <laughs> because that's how you had to do it. But but no. But and, I mean, I don't mean robbery like you know cheating. I just mean like you tried so to hard. <laughs> yeah, you tried so hard every time. No, um, I I found the common ground. No, I've I, it's taken me like six years to figure it out but now i f i finally understand uh how you going into beast claw raiders in age of sigmar because this was 1.0 this was not 2.0 mod tribes no 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 like you came to me and i was the guy who had to play warhammer once upon a time and you're like it's good again come join me and you 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 gave me your stormcast army your mixed order and then i played against your beast claw raiders and you taught me how to play this game and for just years, I've been like, why did he play this army? And I, I got it because it was Zoo again <laughs> at that time period. You were playing Zoo. It makes us. It's it, no. It, it's all clicked now. You were playing Zoo. 
So um, yeah, it's so, just, it's three threes for one, you know. Yeah. And wild in the cattles and curd apes and a lightning bolt is just a wild in the cattle that uh, dies in one turn. You know, you just want three damage, one mana, yeah. top to bottom. That's all you. Do. Yeah. And then you play dudes that make your guys better, like a Solid Pride Mage. Accidentally shits on artifacts and enchantments. Sideboard filled with like anti combo, like weirdo crap, like silence that no one will think you're playing, and various like hate bears and stuff. And yeah, it was it was not a great legacy deck, but I did win with it a lot. A lot. Yeah, but so so, so going back to the core question is like uh, you know the GP period where you were you were consistently contesting like top eight with reanimator um you had your it, this was the excellence of execution the fundamentals uh going in and then you had that like sort of meta understanding um yeah so so take me through that a little bit and how again the tempo the appreciation of the tempo was really like what you were focusing in on because i think tempo is yeah. something we're about to uh, before i let you answer sorry sorry to cut you off I think something that, again, we're going to learn right now as Age of Sigmar players is tempo. And I'm going to credit you 100% for this. I've started to get Vince to start to talk about it. I've started to get other people to start to talk about it. Is, is tempo plays in Age of Sigmar. Speed bumping. We've stopped calling it chaffing. We've stopped calling it bubble wrap. We've started re- referring to it as speed bumping. Why are we calling it speed bumping? Because we, we know we're just wasting your turn. That's a tempo play. That is tempo. So... Uh, take it off well so any it's not like a a revolutionary thing well maybe it is for this game but like coming from magic every magic player is very aware of the concept of tempo like they know tempo they know card advantage they know answering the question who's the beat down which has nothing to do with control or aggro it just it means like right now who's the beat down and who's the control which can which can switch Hmm? we don't we don't know that quite yet um, deployment. Well, I'm, I'm talking about magic players. Like magic players understand all these concepts, mm-hmm. but and I've had a lot of people who used to play or still play magic who messaged me after seeing like Choose Your Army V2 or Cities of Sig- like the new Choose Your Army, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Hey, I'm just I'm like in the very beginning stages of being interested about AOS, and I've never played a tabletop game, but you showed magic cards in your video, and I know all you know." I know about tempo, I know about this, and I know about that. And, like, so here's magic players who don't know anything about AOS and are the newest of the new, but they get to come in equipped with, like, pre-tactical knowledge out of nowhere that they can apply to this game, and it actually applies very well. And so, for instance, who's the beatdown? This is a question you're supposed to ask yourself um, all the time playing magic. Is at any one moment someone's the beatdown and someone's the control and you have to figure out which one you are and you have to figure out which one your opponent is and that should um affect your decisions for play and it doesn't have to do with if you're a control deck or an aggro deck because it could be that the aggro deck has no cards in hand and and five lands and no creatures and no nothing and the control player has Baneslayer Angel and six cards in his hand. Well, he's the beatdown at this moment, right? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter that he happens to be control because he's the beatdown. He has to close out the game. And a problem with some control decks is that they're so controlling that they struggle to actually close out the game. 
which can give their opponents time to suddenly turn the tables on them. So let's this apply this to Age of Sigmar. This was a Jace Mind Sculptor was a problem for the metaphysics of the game, but continue. Well, Jace the Mind Sculptor was a visual excuse for your opponent to concede when he should have already. It's like, <laughs> Jace, now? And then like when you untap with that Jace out and then you plus two him, when you plus two him, that's his, that's like, that's your cue. It's time to scoop. Like, it's it's just helping them. It's helping them make their decision. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. uh, when he came out, at least. Yeah. Unless you're Tomohara Saito, then you have to read your own card and wonder what it does. Mm -hmm. Pretend like you don't know what it does. It's a waste of time. But, um, play champ. Continue. Only, only weird was, old men will understand that reference. That was a slow play joke. So you think you have slow play problems in Age of Sigmar. Let me tell you about... <laughs> Look, Continue. All of those were by the rules, they were just so meticulously by the rules that it became suspicious. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Like, you have 30 seconds to make a decision, what? and when you make every decision in 29 seconds, mm, red flag, maybe. Yeah, but let's apply this to... No, 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 one, one, more, one more time. If the Monstars show up tomorrow, and they challenge, like, the world... Oh, in defense of Tomohara Saito-san. Yeah. Uh... If the Monstars in a spaceship show up to Earth and they're like, you play our team against your team, Magic, and whoever wins, their planet, like, the other person's planet explodes, Saito's on my team. Yeah. You fuck yeah. if he slow plays or not. Like, he's on the team. <laughs> I want to win that game. I want to win that game, bro. <laughs> uh, but bring it back but, it, but it was, it was like, low-key cheating. Yeah, so. it was low-key cheating. Continue. Um... Yeah, so anyway, to apply this concept of who's the beatdown to Age of Sigmar, um, let's talk about Boulderhead, because we're supposed to be talking about ogres here, right? So, I'm clearly supposed to be the beatdown, because I'm a two or three drop Yolbad Boulderhead list, with like, you know, Frostlord, Frostlord, Yolbad, and... I get a D6 movement at the start of the game. All my dudes want to charge. If they don't charge, they suck. You know, they're all like five up saves and uh, after saves and stuff. Like they're supposed to, I'm supposed to run across the table. I'm low drop. I'm clearly the beatdown, right? Yeah. In deployment. Um, and not, a, not, not even always in deployment. I suppose it depends on who I'm playing against, but we'll take my game against Skaven. I'm the beatdown here. I have to smash him before he gets all the engines running on his shit. Otherwise, I'll just lose because I'm supposed to lose this matchup. He's better than me. And if the game goes all five turns and we're all like really playing those five turns, like I'm going to lose. So I have to beat him quickly. And... When I charged his army with all my stuff and eventually like I started pulling all his guys into combat, at the bottom or at the bottom at the start of the bottom of turn two, most of my monsters were locked in combat with various stuff he had. And he was all like in his deployment zone for the most part. He was pinned. It was an alpha pin. And I wanted to get make sure that like this guy was within three inches of that behind the front line so that he was trapped there. 
and I had most of the objectives. And so I'm the beat down like aggro army. But right now, at this moment, I have him pinned in his deployment zone and I control the objectives. And so if the game proceeds with little change, I win. And so now I'm the control. I have to make sure that things don't change. Because if things don't change, I win. And he is forced into the position of having to be the beatdown if he wants to win. He has to kill my stuff to dislodge his guys from thing. And I had his gnaw holes zoned out so he couldn't teleport with them. And why did I zone out his gnaw holes when he couldn't teleport with them? Because I'm the control. And I had to make sure he can't do that. Now, I don't want people to be to conflate something here. Just because if things proceed how they are right now, you'll win. That doesn't mean you're the control. It's not about like changing or not changing what's happening necessarily. But the beatdown really does have to be proactive. It's 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 understanding. You're the you're the protagonist in the story. If you're the beatdown, you have to do something. It's it's understanding the the difference between. Uh, the, like the, you said, the protagonist. It's it's knowing that you're driving the plot in that moment to make it narrative. Yeah, and sometimes you don't want to be the beatdown, but you have to be. And it turns out a Skaven army can't be enough of the beatdown to win that match when 840 points of their shit is either dead or trapped. Like, he couldn't be the beatdown at that point, and so he lost. Because that's what happens when you're supposed to be role and you can't do it like if you decide if you determine that you have to be the control like a beast claw player who has all the objectives right now but a full 2000 points of fire slayers are about to charge you next turn you have to be the control and you have to like make sure you don't die but a few of your stuff is dead already and they're just going to get they're just going to charge you and all your stuff is going to die and you don't have a spell to stop them. You don't have chaff to stop them. You're supposed to be the control, but you fail to be the control and so you die. And sometimes in some games, this isn't, uh, this isn't necessarily uh, at odds with each other. Sometimes you're the beatdown and the control, but that just means you're winning so hard nothing matters. And, the, <laughs> and it's like, whose line is it anyway? Like, Although that's just a joke because you are what you have to be. And if you and if you're if you find yourself as the beatdown and the control, you've already passed the horizon, you know? And the speedometer has reset to zero. You're trying to divide by zero because you've already won and so there's nothing you need to be because you've won you've already won the game and it's like why are you even playing anymore? All right. Well, that's at the point where like the person scoops their dice and says good game like, yeah this this happens in age of six that, that's when the person asks you know hey do you like rolling dice you want to keep going or are we are we just yeah. about done here yeah this yeah. happens this this has happened where you become the control of the beatdown it's that that like uh it, it becomes a continuum where they have like, one guy on the table and you control all the objectives at technically you don't have to be the beatdown here you know so i guess you're not I'll both just, I'll just ever control but, the game. Yeah. yeah 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 no, I think a big point to highlight in all of this to bring it back to Age of Sigmar is 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 playing the game of Age of Sigmar is winning strategies. This is something we don't think about nearly enough. 
uh, Andrew Yells, uh, who's been on my channel a couple times now, has a different term for it from chess that he's derived. And like, uh, it's not a win stroke is a, a video game can, uh, a, a video game terminology. I don't remember his terminology for chess, but like having a win stroke, having a a like can a win con a win condition for your army, like that's something that Magic the Gathering decks have in abundance. A winning strategy, a win condition. Um, it just Sigmar armies. It's it's a little it's a little bit of a movable point because like objectives are technically our winning. Uh, is technically our win condition in our game, and so when you build your army, you're not necessarily thinking about objectives. You're thinking about how much damage can I do, how much damage can I take, what's my awesome unit, what's my thing, and this, this, you know, like. Well, the the Australians have a interesting take on this, and so one of the ways that it could be is your winning stroke is how many how many units do you have that are good enough to project power and not be screwed, you know, not spread this, yourself too thin. You know the three, whole, like, you want three, three threat, power three, uh, centers three of power? Threats. What's the... Yeah, three threats. three threats. I think it's four in Australia. Correct Australia, me if I'm wrong, No, coach. no, no. Australia is totally four, and, uh, and America is three. So uh, America is about the three threats right now. America doesn't know they're about the three threats yet, but me and Brendan Melnick and Detroit and stuff, we've talked about it enough to where it's like, Yo, it's three threats. Have three threats. Um, and, and I guess, like, like Australia is, like, in the future already by about, like, 16 months. Maybe it's 16 hours. And they're about the, the four now. They're about four. So continue. Uh, yeah, Lonely Sandbar talks about 40k players talk about material exchange. Mm -hmm. Where... You know, what are you getting in exchange for a trade that you're making? And in AOS, people talk about trading up. They talk about either trading up or getting their points worth. Mm -hmm. And so they're, they're two, like, they're similar, um, but they're not the same. So, like, if you have, and this is a very simplified view of everything and leaves a whole bunch out, but it's a useful, like, piece of the pie, is, like, I have a 200-point unit. If it kills a 200-point unit, I got my, my value out of it, right? Yeah. Like, I got my... Or you have a 120-point right unit that sits on a point for two turns and scores you three victory points. You just paid 120 points for three victory points. It's like the deal of the century, right? Yeah. And so there is that concept in, in AOS. And there's also trading up, like, this 440-point unit can kill a unit that's worth 600 points. And so you're gonna you, know, you get to trade up like it punches above its weight class. In other words, and it just doesn't just have to do with damage, although it often does. By the way, almost every single Magic: The Gathering strategy concept has been stolen from chess. So, um, <laughs> if if you have any questions about these, uh, Andrew Yells is probably a decent person to ask about it because it probably is a concept from chess that nerds adapted to magic in the 90s for instance the concept of tempo well, and sacrificing about, uh, you know sacrificing oh, short momentum sacrificing long-term for short-term gains you know stuff like that i i found out that momentum in chess was a concept and i just it blew my fucking mind because the mm -hmm. game seems so linear like i'm just like this is so linear it's just like a b a b a b the whole time and it's like no 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 momentum is a concept in chess I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. 
My whole. That's what happens when you have centuries to think about the tactics of a game. You can get pretty philosophical. Well, and, and that, with it. that's the thing is, you want to like get people off off tilt or off guard. Like you want to, you, you like okay, so like I can't beat you straight up right now, so I'm gonna like tempo you, or I'm I'm going to uh, pace you out of the play, and now we're talking about momentum, and so like I've just been doing my moves at such a, a an engaging speed, uh, as like a to essentially bombard you in chess where again the game is super linear they know every it's the baseball of of tabletop like it's just it's it's the percentages the you know the fast pitch the out, outside the right-hander batter versus the left-handed pitcher like it's all they know all of the outcomes and they've just like refined it so much that they have a stat called errors in baseball like chess is is so like it's it's so dialed in because it's been going on for thousands of years now. Yeah, like, I don't play chess, so I, you know, I I can't speak too much to it, but I do hold a lot of respect for it, and I find interesting and very useful strategies when I read about it and talk to people who play a lot, like like Andrew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but 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 like uh, yeah, bringing it back, like to find out that like a momentum was a concept, not even tempo, momentum. Like where you're you're taking pieces off at a at a pace. And yeah, there's there's super momentum in AOS. Like depending on your battle plan, like just think about a battle plan where if you sit on a point, you score a point per turn you've been there. Mm-hmm. Like people call it snow, uh, people call it snowballing. Um, yeah, snowballing, but but yeah, yeah, that's, that's a momentum surely play. that's momentum. You have yeah, that's to. Momentum play. It's it's like uh, ironically momentum because there's literally no movement. You're not supposed to move. You're supposed to be stationary, but it's still momentum because your opponent has to dislodge you from that point, or you're going to win. Well, and that's where per- perspective comes back into it. Um, you know how many uh, yeah, places of arcane power? I, I talk about this battle plan a lot with the armies I play. I, I play like two heroes on places of arcane power, and I just put like Nagash on the center point. And everyone I've ever played just goes, fuck that point, we'll go play for these other two. They go, okay, you've conceded this middle one. Uh, because yeah, I- and that that's not necessarily a bad play. In fact, it's usually the right play. Like For me? When you're confronted... No, I mean for your opponent. Oh, okay. Like, um, when you're confronted with a problem that you can't solve, the best thing to do is try to minimize its effect on the game. Mm-hmm. And I'll... The classic example I give is the I was in a tournament at Gen Con with Beast Claw back when they were horrible. And this dude had a unit of 10 evocators that he dropped down. And they can kill anything. Because at the time it was 10 evocators, right? Mm-hmm. And um, anything they touched, like a white blood cell, they would envelop it and it would die. Stonehorn, Frostlord, doesn't matter. There was no ethereal, there were no realm artifacts back then. Um, and Stone Skeleton had been nerfed to be terrible. Um, now it's okay. Um, some might say that a 5 of ward against everything is great and not okay, but oh, brother, you should have seen it in its original version. I digress. Uh, and so what did I do? I couldn't deal with these 10 evocators because I couldn't kill them because Stonehorns didn't do any good damage back then. And I couldn't survive them. But their movement is 5. And my movement was 18 functionally because you can run in charge um and so i just ran away from it the whole game 
and focused on scoring objectives and just moved physically away from it. And they could never catch me. They could only move five. And so they needed like 11s to charge to ever do anything. And so what that Evocator unit did was it dropped from the sky and killed a Beast Rider. And then it slowly moved in a giant circle like the pirates chasing the lost boys on the island forever. <laughs> and then the game was over and it did nothing. And I won on point. And so if you can't beat it, find a way to minimize its effect on the game. And sometimes that means literally just running away from it. Yeah. Well, I but, have... what, but what it really was was finding out its weakness, which is moving slow. If its weakness wasn't moving slow, maybe do something like feed it chaff over and over, wasting its time killing puds and not scoring points. Yeah, or, yeah. like when I played against um, Archeon back when Beast Claw were terrible still, um, I just gave up the point like your opponent gave up his point uh, when you had uh, Nagash on it. Yeah, Nagash. Like, here's 700 points sitting on an objective for the whole game. I have an like you have an objective over there with Archeon for 700 points or whatever, and you're scoring the same amount of points I'm scoring with my objective, and I have two Frost Sabers on mine. I'm paying 80 points to get the same amount of victory points that you're paying 700, and you can't move him off because he's a melee hero. And if you move off, now I'm up in points. And so I've rendered him a 700-point like ball and chain around my opponent's ankle. And the entire rest of my army could fight half of his army because half of it was stranded doing nothing. Now, Nagash has spells he can cast and stuff, so you're better at that. I and you chose a center objective. Yeah, and there wasn't the center objective in this other game, but that was part of the reason that I employed the strategy in the first place. Yeah, like, and and there, there's another part of it all is 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 that's the three dimensions that you've just kind of like these trades become even more. This is like more galaxy brain from Magic, like in a sense, like Magic is is, is super refined. It's it's becoming chess in the in the moves you can make, but Age of Sigmar has these like these three dimensional trades where you're you're trading eighty points for five hundred, for seven hundred. Like you're going. 80 points for 700. Checkmate, buddy. Like, you can't move off that point because my whole army is going to deploy and move around this. Um, I, I just... It's part of what I love about Age of Sigmar is because we're, we're kind of playing in this, like, these three dimensions. Yeah, and list-building-wise, for people watching, like, that's why it's, it's important to think about how you're going to deploy this army in real life when you're building it and, like, what your initial plans are going to be. And so, like... It might be cool to have a 600-point unkillable anvil be your um, your home base. What do you call it? You know, the, the yeah, point on your side of the table where the thing is just supposed to sit there forever. Okay, but if it's it. too good and too immune to damage and too expensive, your opponent is going to make a quick calculation in his head. And at a certain breaking point, and it's different for armies and different for people... They're going to decide, nah, that can just chill there. You know, that 640-point unit plus the 120-point hero babysitting it can just score that point the whole game. And you get that many victory points. Like, they're yours. You paid, you paid like, 750 for them. Like, okay. And they're just not going to try to attack it. 
And if that unit like doesn't do anything else, it's like, are you really getting what you paid for there? If it's a 600 point unit that like has a 30 inch gun or something like, oh, now it's, it's getting you those points, but it's affecting the game. Right. And so like your, your home base unit, if it has ranged or if it has spells or if it can do something else. That's really useful if you've eclipsed the value that your opponent is willing to even put anything against it. Because otherwise, then it's just going to sit there and rot. Yeah. But, you know, on the other hand, if you put nothing there, or like 120 points of five liberators or something, your opponent's going to like ambush some beast of chaos shitheads in there and just move them three inches away and score the point. Yeah. Four and inches. now, four, and now, what have you done? We gotta so be outside a, of three. We gotta be outside of three. Three point one. Yeah. 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 And yeah. so you know, it's a balancing act. It's a balancing act. You gotta, you gotta think about this stuff. I, I feel like not enough do, I, I, which is why we're doing this episode in 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 a small part. Um, the game is is super robust, played in three dimensions. Uh, yeah, and some people just want to smash. Yeah. And they just can't be asked to to care about the nuts and bolts. I, I and I'm not lamenting that. That's nothing fine. against them. No, 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 not not lamenting it either. If you just want yeah. to drive Battleship Potemkin here uh, onto a deployment because you can't play the game, but like look at how majestic he is. But if you just want to like drive your monster trucks around the table and like smash stuff and not think about it. Awesome. Our game lets yeah, you I do mean, that. Some people hard. just want to play three mock rushes. And they actually just want to roll out combats with those dudes and have them, like, smash crap. Mm -hmm. And the minutia about pylons and distances and caring about this and reading what every battle plan does before you go to the tournament or any of that. Ugh, dude, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to eat a bratwurst over here and roll some attacks with the weapon, with the two axes that I gave names. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, get that. Cool. Yeah, get that. Um, so I'm not, that's not a dig. That's just like a different people have fun in different ways, and I'm putting that into my videos, sort of observation. It's not like a, No, I, it's not I, a bad I, thing. I think your videos, for what it's worth, and I know you're my bro, and I think I'm like too elite being subjective here, but I think your videos do a great job of, of quantifying the, subjective and the objective um without like phoning it in or being like needlessly positive and you're not in that toxic positivity thing where you're like oh yeah dude go play the tamarkin's horde you know like you're not doing garbage like that just play what you like <laughs> yeah just play what you like you just all even find you. Like, yeah there, there's a certain amount of positivity that when you you get too positive it becomes lying yeah you know and it's it's helpful to avoid that. I push back against that a lot early on in my content because that's what there was. There was so much early on in Age of Sigmar. There was so much positivity that it it became toxic positivity, where you were just like lying to people about stuff. Yeah. You know, like here's the worst faction in the game, and the worst units of the worst faction in the game, like. You should do that. It'll be awesome. Like, and if anyone ever beats you, just call them a whack douchebag who only cares about winning. 
and complain about them on the internet, you know, like it, with yeah. a bunch of like low key passive aggressive bullshit. So like there was a ton of toxic positivity going on with that. Like anyone who was trying to play optimally or improve their play skill, right? Or play or like, against himself, which is something I do. Or, or win at a game with victory conditions. Yeah. You know, like those people were like tournament obsessed, like douchebags who only cared about winning. And it's like, you know, and so I pushed back against that and a lot of my stuff was like, you know, sort of like an answer to that, I guess. Yeah. On, on, on the flip side, um, I also think you, you've brought some, some levity to, um, we, we talked about it early on here is like having the pet unit and, and, but don't like lie to yourself when you know that the, you know, well, you've got a smile there, but like, don't like when go into it, knowing what you want out of this game and you know, be aware of yourself, be aware of what, of why you're making choices and, you know. Like, you know, you you chose Eurobad, even though Eurobad's probably better because you wanted your combats to be more fun. Oh, uh, for right? those of you who don't and, know, that's the Ebad versus Jbad. Yeah, Ebad versus Jbad. Ebad makes your combats do the damage um, you feel like they should. They get the extra mortals if you if you're lucky, and Eurobad uh, helps your main strategy, which is Alpha Pin. But all your fighting besides the Frost Lords are like, eh, I don't know, man. You know? And so you chose Ebad because you wanted to have a little more fun in combats. And then you get that game where if you had another D6 move with your guys, you would have alpha pinned them. But you didn't, and so you didn't. And you lost. You're like, well, you know, I chose more fun in combats, and I had fun in combats in four of the games, and so, like, this is what I get. And I had fun in those games. And so, yeah, I made that choice... It's it's cool. This is what you know. This is what happens. This is uh, this brings me to one of the big points you said really early on in your primer for your new launch of episodes, which is the fun is in the aggregate. I I've never heard a content creator put it so succinctly or so. Oh, the balance balance is in the aggregate. It's not in. I think my sentence was uh, balance is in the aggregate. Whatever happens in any one particular game is nutty. <laughs> a perfect recall on your sentence, by the way. Thank you so much. Uh, this again, this interview hasn't been primed. I caught him off guard with questions that he had to like think about, and we watch his eyes roll around. Yeah, uh, th yeah, exactly that. Uh, like th there's there's a fun in the aggregate. There's but continue on your uh, angle, please. Uh, I think I was talking about the I was talking about the double turn in that one. I was talking about random priority, which I, is what I, the game. I know has. you were talking about the random priority, but I feel like that can be ballooned out into a turn. Yeah, definitely can. I was just yeah. giving it. A, I was yeah. just giving it a context. But yeah, this can be expanded out past that, and it and it reigns true. Like you know, in when you zoom in, a lot of a lot of the game can be very polarizing because that's what it means to have winners and losers, right? Right. And and, and, and a, a living matter right now, this is something I think Age of Sigmar hasn't had to deal with lately, is the, the notion that we've had two great armies that just kill everybody. We haven't had this fat middle going on for a long time where, like, we have to understand that, like, you know, my, my alpha shoot army loses to the uh, alpha pin army loses to the yeah but the, the fat middle is good enough to beat 
the good enough or the um the fat middle is good enough to win mm-hmm. to win games to yeah. be a concern yeah right um another way of thinking about the concept of the fat middle which is what people have started calling it is that the water level has risen and there aren't armies that are just terrible Jobbers. and they're Pure really I have to impress this on new people to the game people who have approached the game in the last one or even two years like you're getting into the game at the best time to get into the game like you are uh, right now i say this i say this uh without with almost no exaggeration um if you played beast claw in 2017 there were probably 10 factions thick metal is a way better term you're right after you deployed against them you might as well not have played you can't win you literally can't win there were armies that bad. Like, my tier list goes from S all the way down to F. There were a shitload of armies in D and F in my... Initial, like, yeah. In my three years ago tier lists and stuff. Yeah. And they're just empty now. And why haven't I moved stuff around? Because I... Even though people do this in their head and there's no way to fight against it, I want to try anyway. Like... People have to understand kind of where we came from, I guess, but also like a little bit of uh, perspective is in order here. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, you can just keep modifying the tier list and like, okay, so what's the worst army? That one's F tier. What's the best army? That's S tier. And that's how you build the tier list. Like, that's a completely valid way of doing it. But I just want to let people know that there aren't f-tier armies like nobody's that bad nobody's as bad as flesh eater and beast claw were in 2017 right so the worst armies in the game and my tier list are in c tier and c tier is called good you know yeah only in d do you get to bad and then f is trash and so it's important to note that and so people are calling it the fat middle but another way to call it is nobody's bad the game's more balanced and um, armies in the lowest tier are still mid-tier when you look at the whole tier list, and I think that's actually true. Another great way you put it is, how surprised are you to see an army in the top 10 or to podium? Yeah, that's another way of thinking about tier, like an army's tier as an elevator pitch, is when you, okay, CanCon just finished, and you look at the standings, and you look at the person who went 5-0, and how not surprised are you to notice that that was X army, right? Like, let's say, let's say two months ago, it was Slanesh, right? Would you be surprised that it went 5-0? and No. How not surprised would you be? Very not surprised. Well, it's probably high tier then, right? Yeah. If two months ago you looked at it and you saw, uh, I'm trying to pick an army that won't insult somebody. Uh, hell, like, all right, so if two months ago you looked at the tier list and you saw uh, Sylvaneth and it went 5-0. and I'm surprised. I'm that's, surprised. That's very surprising. Yeah, I'm, I'm super surprised. I'm surprised, yeah. Now, how surprised you are depends on a whole bunch of stuff, but you're probably at least a little bit surprised, right? And so there, so that's that's another way of looking at it. 
Yeah. Yeah. The... Yeah. That, that, that... Or to keep it on ogres, if you look at ninth place at Sheffield Slaughter in James Boot's list with what, 24 lead belchers in yeah. it. Gross. So go on. And no stonehorns. How surprised are you that he went four and one? A little bit more pretty, surprised. Yeah, I'm a little surprised. Pretty surprised. Yeah, I'm a little surprised. Pretty surprised. Yeah, it seems surprised. like James Boots is Spike because he just proved something, right? He wants to prove something. Yeah. Now, he used a concept that I talked about way earlier about, you know, um, winning deployment and uh, putting a whole bunch of speed bumps in people's ways uh, and, you know, blah, blah, Temple blah. Like, strats. Yeah. Yeah. Tempo, by the way, remember this and moment, so, everybody. Tempo is something you need to learn not about to, in the game of Age of Sigmar. Not to, like, I'm trying to say this. I'm, I'm explaining why this happened. I'm not diminishing his result. So understand that. Uh, I'm explaining why he's so smart. And that's, like, does this mean that lead belchers are good? No. They're terrible. But that's why it's impressive that he did this with a strategy that doesn't require your units to be amazing. And the strategy is a million drops so you get to outplace them, a whole bunch of MSU roadblocks that can still do something, you know, and winning on points. Like, he came up with a strategy um, that didn't rely on his units being amazing because they're definitely not. And this is just, um, this is the same thing as, it's essentially the same thing as my list, even though none of the units are the same. But I'm talking about the concept. Like, conceptually, a Eurobad with a bunch of Stonehorns in it, in the Boulderhead book, like, on paper, this isn't very good, actually. They have almost no tools. They're, they have huge weaknesses. They completely give up the, sp the entire hero phase. Not to mention spells and prayers and ranged attacks. And so they have all these weaknesses, and so they suck, right? No. You just have to find a strategy that doesn't require your units to have to be amazing in the hero phase or the shooting phase. And so the strategy I chose was Alpha Pin with late game objective complete robbery with the command ability that lets your Stonehorns... Um, count as the highest on the table for a phase, which I most often use in the movement phase to get them up to 12 even if they're wounded, and just completely steal an objective. And so that was my strat that didn't require my guys to be amazing in a whole bunch of different ways. And so he chose a different strat to make his other guys didn't have to be amazing in these various ways. Well, he's playing He's playing the game. He's playing the game. And that's, yeah, that, that's playing the game. His design restriction was, I love lead belters, I know they suck, but I'm going to come up with a strategy that wins anyway, because lead belters are fucking sick. They're 10-foot-tall ogres, holding cannons that they ripped from the deck of a pirate ship. How awesome is that? Yeah. It's Inversely, awesome proportionally awesome to how their how good their war scroll is, yeah. as it happens. But, they should do mortals. You know, they should just do D3 damage, and then mortals... Like it is an actual cannon, the same size as a cannon. I feel like it shouldn't have a damage value of one. I'm just saying. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, man, I don't, 
have a good title for tonight's rantcast because we just we talked about some like core concepts and some like bonus strats of Age of Sigmar. Uh, meta strategy, uh, meta strategy discussion and uh, ways to think about everything. Ah, oh, man. I'm trying to think of really short because you <laughs> yeah, gotta, no, can't I'm have a paragraph. Really, wrong, really, really long. Um, but I, I feel like if people listen to this, they're going to have a, like, Age of Sigmar is a, is a, a fucking great game. Uh, we, we started right, here we go. Yeah, okay, okay uh, got it. 400 IQ brain strategies mm-hmm. for driving monster trucks. Okay. Yeah, that's it. That, that, there you go. Done. Or no less than 500 IQ. <laughs> yeah, so no we have the no yeah, less than five. Is, yeah, no less than 500 IQ uh, rent cast. Um, like, I, I do believe that, like, the Age of Sigmar, uh, like, uh, sort of water level continues to increase with player strats. But, like, we have some of these, like, the beatdown and the control and then, like, tempo are two things that I think are, like, eluding our average player base. I, I don't think our elite players are... They don't know that these exist as concepts. They might have different words for them or terminology, but, like, I think the average player... Yeah, I, I feel like yeah. the like the just-play-Ians out there, they know this stuff. If they don't know explicitly this stuff, they are practicing it mm-hmm. in one form or another. Um, I know Ian knows a lot about magic, and so he probably does actually know that stuff. But I'm saying, like, the just play Ians out there, like the elite competitive people, are probably doing most of this stuff anyway, either on purpose or accident. Mm-hmm. And they're going to watch my videos about it and be like, yep, mm-hmm, I know that. I'm smart. And the people who don't know that, which is probably the vast majority of people, are going to be like, neat. And so there's no, there isn't a downside to doing it. Like it's because elite competitive people really enjoy being told they're right. Yeah. <laughs> they like that. And so they'll watch it. <laughs> right, right. You know, I, I, I do and, wonder... if, and if, if the average player like absorbs some of this, cool. Right. Like they'll have a better time, I think. Well, we, 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 we raise the water level for the average player. Right. Um, so hell yeah. But I, I want to bring yeah. it back to your. I want to bring it back to your video series. I talked about like why did you focus on the 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 average, the the new player, and so on and so forth. Um, like we live in a time where the this this thick the thick middle. <laughs> I've changed the terminology. Fuck y'all. Um, the thick middle is 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 kind of like the way of the world. Um, you know. Is there. Like there, there's got to be some core. Like find what you love. What's the, what's the guiding star for helping people find their army? Because I feel like you've got uh, the, that. In, so there's. I, I feel like what, you've got that at your heart. You're like you're trying to help people truly find their thing. You know. Continue. Yeah. You you had a. Yeah. So the the two principles or the two things that I most need to do, or not I most need to do, what I was trying to do as I make this series and the previous ones, and I'm yeah, getting we're better. We're in three I think years it. now. We're in three years now, by the way. You've done yeah, this, this is the th- third year of, of this series. Um, so one is 
I'm trying to fit people with the play style that they like, whether they know it or not. So matching up a player with the play style that they like, that's really important. And because aesthetically, I don't have to do anything. I just have to get out of the way, right? Like you look at Lumineth and you look at Corn and you look at Beast Claw Raiders and you look at OBR and you look at Skaven, Seraphon, Stormcast Eternals, Sylvaneth, like Fire Slayers. You look at the army and you know personally whether you like it or not. And sometimes things can grow on you, especially when you see it in person, because it's very different than a picture. But that's that's on you. Like you're I'm not gonna like change your mind about something probably. Um, so I put pictures of the models in all the videos so that you can see the models. And that's all I need to do there. You'll look at them and you'll be like, fuck yeah, dwarves with mohawks. Or you're going to be like, yeah, naked yeah. baby men. <laughs> right. And you'll know. Yeah. Dinosaurs on dinosaurs. But if, and so if you're new to the game, brand new, um, that's still the same. If you don't know anything about the game, but you look at a picture of dinosaurs riding dinosaurs, you're like, nice. I wish they had lasers. And you're like, Bastilladon. Oh, sick. So I just show you the models and then you decide, right? Right. But if you know nothing about the game, I'm going to try to describe the play style in a bunch of different ways. Like, you could say that the video is kind of repetitive because it explains the play style in a few different ways, but that's the point, like... Perhaps one will stick and the other two won't. You gotta have bridges. You gotta have bridges. And some people don't know what playstyles they like, although they really do like some. They just don't have the like vocabulary to explain it or think about it. And so, if I present the playstyle to you adequately, you'll be able to pair playstyle with aesthetics, and that's basically it. Like those are the two most important things you need is to like the aesthetics and to have the playstyle fit your personality. And those are the most important two things. Mm -hmm. There's a third thing, which is lore and story and the, the propaganda section that I actually call propaganda as kind of like an inside joke to myself because in when I was writing the script for it, I called the section propaganda, parenthetical, come up with a real name later, but this is propaganda. Yeah. And then I decided to just keep it as propaganda so that like, savvy viewers would be like ha that's funny you know I, I, yeah. by the way i've stolen that for my own series so thank you continue and um you'll probably find the lore agreeable if you already like the aesthetics i think this is my theory i feel like if you like the aesthetics already whatever the fuck the lore is you'll find something to latch on to and just like it and there'll be stuff in there you don't like and you'll be like yeah but that's not true or that was just a rumor or they gave me three different rumors for the original frost king ever and i like this one and so that's what i think they are you know like you're right you're on like generally speaking and some people are different but if you already like the aesthetics you'll just kind of like accept the lore and find cool things about it hmm. okay. but i'll still tell you about it i like that because some of it is actually really cool. Even in my, like, drunk history of the Mortal Realms style, half-remembered slash half-made-up uh, slash 
um, uh, artistic license. Like I just, I don't care to deliver to you the lore exactly mm -hmm. because they don't either. I... They gave you five. They gave you three different legends for the first, for the way that the um, Everwinter came to be in the first place, and they never tell you which one is true. And so if they don't even care to tell you what really happened, I don't either. <laughs> so, Fair and it's more entertaining when I half make stuff up. It, it really is. But it, it carries with it, I think, the feeling of, of what it's about. Well, I, 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 I like that your, your hyperbole is, is actually just hyperbole. Like, it's not even hyper because, like, you're already in the right mindset of the fantasy's right. fantasy. Like, uh, you're, you describe, like, a, KO and and uh, cities was the recent video where you're just like like y y dudes with cod pieces and feathers and and hanging out with like their bros that are the elves and dwarves and you just you already like encapsulated it really well like you don't need more it, it's yeah just like... but and it is really propaganda though like i'm talking to a person like at the end of it where i say you know well here's a downside and here's a downside and here's a downside but Cities of Sigmar is for ladies and gentlemen who are willing to put in the work. And so it's, it's like, it's complete propaganda. Yeah. But it's fun, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. And so I'm, I'm targeting the person that was already kind of being like, man, I like a lot of this stuff, you know, but I wonder if, I wonder if this and I wonder if that. And then I'm, I'm giving it to him straight. I'm saying there's a lot of models to paint and, you know, you don't have any good start collecting boxes, so you're just going to have to order yep. it. And they don't stock them in the store. You're going to have to order it from online. But these are all reasons why the army is under has a low yeah, representation, a little, and you're going to be pretty unique factor. when you choose little, it. A little hipster factor. I don't know yeah. if you call it a hipster so, factor, but hipster factor. Uh, I don't in the city's version because that's propaganda. But I do say, but I do say that in the introduction. But yeah, like. This is a this is a hipster choice. Oh, Cities of Sigmar, you've probably never played against this before. Yeah. Smile. You know, yeah, like yeah, my my version of And this. there's nothing wrong with that, but that type of person might gravitate towards it and I want to let them know like you know, there are people who just don't want the most popular thing. Yeah. There are people who if everything was different about Stormcast, they wouldn't like Stormcast because it's the 12%, 14% faction or whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. And um, it's important that new players know that. I think that's important information. Yeah, 100%. Representation matters, man. Uh, I'll always say it. Um, I obviously love what you're, you're doing, but I wanted to have a rant cast where I bring you on. It's not just you and me talking, you know, for like two hours and just like having a blast. So, so we went with a little bit more of an interview structure, uh, having you actually uh, debut it. And by the way, uh, your most recent version of the, you know, uh, you know, picking your army faction or picking your army, uh, it's, you're, you're crushing it, man. Um, I don't know if I've told you personally, but you're, you're, you really are crushing it. Um, oh, and speaking of that, I've got a lot of people asking, what's the next faction am I going to do? And am I going to go like all through order and then <laughs> chaos and then death and destruction? It, it's it's Bone Reapers is what what he's doing next. Everybody, uh, at me later. No, <laughs> I'm using my influence. No, what is the next fashion? Yeah, 
somebody asked, so are you doing all the order armies and then all the destruction and then all the chaos? And I just answered, no. Not even a period. Just no. No. It's <laughs> nope. The, uh, it's the uh, I chose Cities of Sigmar, as I said way earlier, really on purpose because it allowed the first army I talk about to be the one where I'm setting the scene for the Mortal Realms itself. Because Cities of Sigmar, the history of it no. and the lore of it and the looking really is a good starting point for getting introduced to the realms in their entirety. Yeah. And so the second video would have to continue that, right? Okay. And that's and that's all I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> that's ooh, all I'm saying. Ooh, but the, the yeah, teaser. they're not teaser. Grand Alliance doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. Some people ascribe meaning to Grand Alliance for some reason, and I don't know why. It doesn't matter. Somebody in one of my videos is like, yeah, I would play Cities of Sigmar, but they're order. And I'm like, why? I don't get it. What does it matter? Yeah. It doesn't matter at all if you like the army, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I see no reason to structure this by Grand Alliance because it actually doesn't matter at all. I agree. The game's so robust right now. If you're... If you're hinged to the idea of like G heavy D six is guessing slaves or legions, interesting, no. interesting mm. guesses. Germ is guessing slaves as well. Interesting. We've doubled up on slaves. I, I, if you are already recording the slaves video, stop right now and do something else, please. Just, just fuck them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, um, into the trash it goes. Yeah, guess, the, yeah, just start over and all of them. I guess Stormcast is next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, time to release a video in like four more month fucking months because you're not like one of everyone's favorite content creators. I'll like, it'll, I'll drop all these little hints about what it could be like, well, now that we've set the scene, let's, you know, move forward and like a, a progression and all this and then just put out a Stormcast video and like the propaganda is like, you know, all right, you've heard about Cities of Sigmar, but they ain't shit. They won because of Stormcast. Like, here's the swollen, it. and there's just, like, you showed, yeah. and you're, like, it's flexing. Like, it's like small gains, man. Yeah, like, they won because of Stormcast. A lot of people don't like Stormcast. They're jealous. They, they jelly. They don't like us because we win. Chaos, you know what the... You know the Age of Chaos? You know when that ended? When Stormcast came out. Now it's the Age of Sigmar. Who made Stormcast? Sigmar. Deal with it. It is just like... Yeah. <laughs> it's just tripling down on the heel play. Did yeah, I you... say that right from wrestling? Is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, yeah, heel. yeah. Heel. Where you're, the, you're supposed to be the braggados like, guy everyone loves to hate. You know? You're yeah. just doubling down on you're that. Just, like, just yeah, a lot of people life. don't like Stormcast. Fuck them. Yeah. You're just word life uh, John Cena before uh, superhero Cena. Like, you're just yeah. like, thug life, and he's rapping and stuff. Like, it just, like, makes everyone hate you. No, I... Uh, so, again, um, this is awesome. I, I love that you're you're coming back to these videos. I, I like the new vision for them. I like the new format where you're doing essentially. You've you've primed us for A B C D propaganda. You've been our terminology, and now we just get to like sit back and enjoy our videos. This is awesome, man. Like, and then, yeah, I and just then, gotta then, I just gotta keep making them, and it looks like uh, the way the world is right now, I'll have plenty of time to keep making them. So. But but by He's the way, so 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 I just got a boatload of money for my birthday. What you don't know, and I'm about to I'm about to ruin you. 
forever. Headphone users, rip. Sorry. We we have the same birthday weekend. <sighs> Gasp. He doesn't want to share it with you. So if you want to give me a present, just fucking become a Patreon for Haywo right now. If they want to become a Patreon for you, man, they can do that, right? You have a Patreon. And what this does is it helps you make extra videos and and and, and just like make all of the AOS content that is just it's it's primo. He hits you with all these angles at all times. It's what you want. Where do they hit you on your Patreon? That would be patreon.com slash Haywo. I made it real easy. Yeah, look at that. It's, it's real simple. There's different tiers. Um just like the game. And 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 he writes poems for you at the highest tier, by the way. It's he he did a total throwaway. Yeah, I think I I think I did two of them, and they're on the show. Like I write actual poems. Yeah. If yeah. people want, yeah. I've had some people say please no, and this was after I did the first two, so uh, I'm not gonna. I feel like it was a coincidence, really. They just didn't want a poem about their army, but, but yeah, I'll do that. Mostly, it's just to offset. Like I don't have to take. You know, after a certain amount of Patreon, I cannot take a contract job and just like do this instead yeah. for like a few days or something, and that's that's super useful. Um, but yeah, I I don't really put much stock look, in look, days of birth. Really, um, I'd much at, rather. I, I just for those hmm? of you on the audio form, you're missing the facial reaction. He wasn't ready for me to put him on the spot. If you want to give me a birthday present, just go fucking surprise. Uh, just go become a patron for Haywo, and then you're going to get your video sooner because the man works hard every day of his life. Uh, go listen to Logic. It's every day. That's the song. Marshmallow is does the drops the beats on it. Uh, he works hard every day. Yay, yay. Um, fucking become a patron. Just do it, um, and then you get awesome your video. Uh, for your army, your propaganda. Uh, we help new players play the game uh, sooner. Oh, yeah. Also, I, I take a bunch of questions and stuff. So if you got, like, I help people with a lot of lists, and I compare units, and I answer questions, and I look up rules, and figure out inter interactions, and think about, like, oh, what's the next show going to be on, and stuff like that. So I take a lot of that feedback from, from Patreon as well. I mean, I take that feedback from comment section of my YouTube videos as well. But um, no, 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 no. You got to put it behind a paywall to be a real content creator, man. Yeah, that's right. Um, sign up for Halo Platinum, <laughs> uh, the Platinum Bunker, whatever the. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> become a bunker. Become a Platinum Bunker member of Halo, and um, I'll still do, I'll still do normal free content. Um, but as soon as the the Platinum Bunker thing is up. You know, is, is online the free content will be super shitty and just completely phoned in because that's you know that's what happens, right? It's like, true. come on, it's you true. know, it's true. And then honestly, after a while, even the premium stuff, yeah, yeah. kind of dips. Let's be honest. Yeah. 